0: Oh boys, it's not normal that we get to fit a whole song into an intro. I
1: was
2: gonna say leave it playing in the back a little bit, but I guess not. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so those old punk songs—they're not long. Uh-uh. No, they're not. That's as punk should be.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, we have a guest tonight coming on that uh, actually requested some old Misfits. I was like, ah, oh, yeah, we could do that. We could do some old Misfits back Absolutely. back in the Danzig days. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. So uh, hey, tonight's show brought to us by Predator Flygear. Check them out at predatorflygear.com.
2: A Rex Hooks. Find your freshwater, saltwater hooks at arexhooks.com. Sims Fishing.
3: Get all your outdoor products at simfishing.com.
2: Tonight's show is being recorded
0: live in the Urban Fly Company studios. Check them out at urbanflycompany.com.
2: And why not fishing? Hop on your app to dock.
3: Yeti, built for the wild.
0: Yeah, guys, that's professional. Smooth
2: Queen City Guiding. Check out Ryan up there. New York. Get a little guide trip in. Buy some materials. Flies. Oh yeah. And if you, need you tre- got the little stuff, I got the bigger stuff. And if you need mm-hmm. a tree dropped, hit them up
0: too.
3: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nice. It's been a lumberjack lately.
0: So boys, uh hey, we're doing a little midweek recording. Uh it's only been two days since our last show, but uh I don't <coughs> know. I'm getting ready for the uh the F three T coming up. Um this is
2: gonna be airing. Thank you for reminding me about that yesterday. I forgot.
3: Oh yeah? Did I actually remind you?
2: Yeah, because you said well, Oh I had yeah. the thing on Friday. I was like, What's
3: on Friday? Oh No, yeah. What's Friday? <laughs> That's what he said, right? It's on Friday, right?
2: Exactly. No,
0: Saturday. It's Saturday? Saturday night. I thought it was Friday. Saturday. You said it was you Friday. You said it no. was fucking Friday. What it Saturday?
3: Hell? Oh, Jesus Christ.
0: Mm. I gotta, I, what time? It was like 9.30. Starts at 9.30? Yeah, whenever I wanted to. You rent it for the whole weekend. I think you can play it once. Efficient mm. mm. Sunday morning. Sorry about your luck. <laughs>
3: oh, I it was Friday. I thought it was Friday,
0: too. Yeah, anyway. I can move it to Saturday or Friday, but I've been telling everyone Saturday. You told us Friday. No, I said Saturday. Uh,
3: I'm pretty sure if two of us are saying it was Friday, that... I've
0: told everyone that I know. Hold on, hold on. I'm gonna have to look yeah, through you... these texts. You scroll the text. I because it's Saturday. Sat, sat, Saturday. But uh, I was thinking about like doing a pork butt or something. Mm. You know,
3: you're, you're a pork butt.
0: I am a pork butt. My belly's getting to be huge from pork butts.
2: The other side of that is it isn't getting light till about seven o'clock now. Yeah. Six thirty. Don't get until six o'clock.
0: Uh the other day I was I just looked outside and it was like nine o'clock and it was like dusky, dusky. I was like, ah, uh, let's give it till nine thirty and we should be good with the
2: projector. So Yeah, we're uh we're losing what, three minutes a day right now and it's about eight thirty, it's dark. And it's light, about six thirty now. Say I get up at six and it's I distort. got I got up at six this
0: morning and it was dark and then when I hit my last alarm at six twelve it was getting du-
3: like dawny. Is just that a word? A break. <laughs>
0: uh,
2: sh- I suppose.
3: <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. This is this is was well, the text. So super reasonable we can get it from August, September the second. I'm thinking Friday the twenty eighth or Saturday the twenty ninth, but I'm open to suggestions. It was just and an, and I think Mark said something about getting a roof done on the 29th, yeah. So
2: that would have been. That's what I kind of. Right. Yeah, we all. I, I,
3: that's, that's why I would think we Saturday. all kind of figured it was just going to be a Friday.
0: But then he said he's good because it was happening last Saturday. The roof. I'm, I, don't, I don't. know. Yeah, I don't know. That I didn't happen. Oop. Shit. That's not the song I <clears> one. <throat> so, uh, do we have any Mark? You've been tying some, fish, or uh, some flies, and one went to a pretty cool place today
2: mm-hmm. all right i think we talked about that already though did we mm-hmm. <coughs> still <I don't> we <coughs> still got a lot going to a bunch of different places and fish being caught on them which is cool devin who we we haven't spoke to buddies with pogo they got a stud What was that? probably 40 41 inch pike it was big whatever mm-hmm. it was that was a good fish i seen that one handful of muskies, so some guys up in you know Wisconsin where they're still getting cold enough weather they can still fish them are. So what are our temps around here? Are we we getting back S- into? Well, we will be by the end of the week. I mean we're 77 ish right now, but longer nights we're starting to get next three days after what tonight. Saturday it's supposed to drop. Sunday the Saturday's high, high is 77, lows yeah. gonna be down in low 50s. So I mean you're gonna see low 50s I think after this starts this wind starts picking up tomorrow. The overnight lows are going to be in the low 50s, so we'll have definitely – I'm going Sunday morning, so I'll give you exact, but I'm kind of assuming it's going to be a butt whooping, though. It'll be two days, uh, you know, scattered storms, wind blowing through, and it's straight 10 to 15 out of the west. It's going to be just – you know, it's going to be there right from first thing. You're not going to have any break. That sounds like fun. Mm Mm-hmm. And, you know, on the bottom end where we're going to have to go, I'm going to hide on the backside of that island all day. So you're going to have – Eighteen feet of windbreak. About that, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, because it (laughs) curls around both sides of it. So as soon as it hits the nose of the boat, spins you right back around again. That's going to be a treat. A west wind there just flat out sucks. There is no way to get away from a west wind on that lake. No. Everything on that side of the shoreline is junk. It's all shallow. It's all just a couple feet deep. So you can't go get up into any part of the shoreline from the north part of the lake to the bottom part. You can go the whole 15 miles, and unless you're on the causeway. There's nothing on that west side to butt up against. Yeah, she's got to hide on the other side of the islands. You can get down good around the causeway, I'm sure, but that's about it.
0: Yeah, but there's gonna be 85 boats around the causeway too, probably. I'll take it
2: to finally get back out after fish. It's been I was gonna ask two and a half, three months.
3: I was gonna ask you about that too. I didn't know, like even at the beginning of the year or
2: back into the
3: fall, uh-huh. like what are you gonna do? You're gonna throw bigger flies, just like right off the bat? Or Are you gonna throw in going small at first and
2: small always? Small at first. Run speed fits. You know, if we're still sitting at 75, I'm gonna start off either two hand stripping or long single hand strips fast, and depending on the water, t- you know, depth. Work it to the according, you know, yeah, seven it. feet, get it down a couple feet.
0: Think about the gear guys, they're burning bucktails still, yep.
1: yeah.
2: So, with that with that temperature being up, no, it's still going to be burning, moving. Who get into the river and I'm working structure and stuff like that? Then no, I mean, I may, I may work the structure a little bit different, try to pull a fish out, but lake wise, no, rip it or still warm, word this early, another month from now, no, might be a little different, but. Right now, definitely. I was just getting ready to say something too and I forget what it was. We started talking about that. Dang it. Uh what were we talking about before that? The wind.
3: No.
4: Oh.
2: So fish with Derek on Sunday. And Jace isn't here. But he's gonna love my our team name. Nick and I actually picked it out. What's that? <laughs> Jerry's dead pinner suck Get a job. <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. So after that, Jerry's dead fish sucks one. That sticker. Like, yeah, that's perfect.
0: I'm in all day long. That's pretty cool. <clears throat> that's one thing we didn't talk to Matt Dixon about was uh, team names for the Beast of the East.
2: Yeah, that's you're right. There's always some good ones in there. Yeah, normally there there are some very creative na- names. Mm-hmm. Streamer Junkies always does a good job with theirs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What, number one, two, and three. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Weren't you SVS last year, Jay? I don't remember. I don't remember last
2: year. Really? What was (laughs) our team name last year?
0: Um, <laughs> we were the really? husky
3: jerks. We were the husky jerks the last, the first year. I remember that. No, one. This
2: is good. See, yeah, you you, you
3: give me you fucking shit, and then you're like, oh, uh, yeah. yeah. now we put him on a spot yeah. and he locks up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. there you go. It's I like fucking know. It's like
0: playing Jeopardy at home as compared to playing Jeopardy on Jeopardy. It was Tally's
3: dagos for a couple years. It Might have been yeah. that last year. I think you were. Yeah, yeah because because, it. because I mean, I just got I, I replaced one dago with another. Yeah. No offense to anybody Italian. <laughs> but that's
0: referencing Pat Lombardo. Yes.
3: <laughs>
0: and and who was Tally?
3: Me.
2: <laughs> don't forget a towel I, I honestly don't remember what it was.
0: I don't remember either. I remember uh, the year I fished with Mike Mandela. It was a. Uh, oh, we're the factory of sadness because we're all Browns fans.
3: <laughs> that's right. I mean, last year we did well, so I wasn't I wasn't pissed. I was happy. Happy camper. And, you know, the best thing about it was the fish came first thing in the morning. So the camaraderie on the boat now immediately is just at an all-time high. You know what I mean? Immediately, like, everybody's happy when you put a giant fish in the boat right away. Everybody's Mm -hmm. like, oh, well, yeah, we're about to see another fish. And then you fish for two days and you don't see another fucking fish, which is tough.
2: At least you saw one.
3: But we'll take it. You know what I mean? I'm not pitching, but I mean, you know. <laughs> but it sounds it's, like it's, you are. All tough. we saw it's was 30 mile
2: an hour winds in our face all day. But at
3: least it, like that, like immediately now you're, I mean, everybody's just casting their sacks off, you know, every figure eight is there, you know what I mean? Everybody's doing like trying, you know, it puts that into you, right? immediately you're like, oh my gosh, this can actually happen, you know? And, like, uh, fishing the river in a drift boat can be a little difficult, Like like Matt had talked about. Yeah, You know, it is tough. You only get to see one, uh, one set. you get one cast at something.
4: Mm-hmm. If you don't
3: cast it right, or if not, I mean, that area, you can you move g- around a little bit, and you could probably just rode back up and hit it again. But still, you know, most of the time you only get one, you know, one cast. So
2: That's a good point. That's probably what brings me to the lakes more than anything. I prefer to sit and work structure. If there's a tree there, I want to put 10, 15, 20 casts into it. And it's hard to do that drifting. You get a couple into it. That's if you're smallmouth fishing, the river,
3: the r- that, depending on that where you are. a little different, though, because you get some bodies of water on that river that are river like... like that are oh, like,
2: absolutely. That you can just sit and Absolutely. Just I guess I, I'm and, saying that is yeah. drif- drifting on, yes. on a moving river as a whole. Yeah. that
0: That's sure. the kind of why I like drifting, because it takes me back to my bass days where, bass fishing, I would cover as much water as I possibly could. Two flips here, two flips here, move, move, move. move. Never take your hand off the trolling motor. You know? Mm-hmm. That's... What mm-hmm. I didn't that's still how I like to fly fish. <laughs> I a lot of times I find myself if we're walking wading, walking and casting. Just that's how I roll. <laughs> yeah,
2: I mean you you pick up the active fish.
0: Yeah. It's one of the ones I want to catch. <laughs> yep. But hey, that's on that yep. on that note, we should uh go take a break and get in touch with uh Mr. Saramelli. It is that time. It is. Oh, that's not the song I wanted. God damn it. <laughs> This is the one I wanted.
3: What have you been listening to? You're a train wreck.
0: We are back with Joe Cermelli, uh, a new addition to the Meat Eater crew. What's happening, Joe?
5: Not much, man. How you boys doing?
0: Oh, we're doing good on a, a midweeker.
5: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. We're I just guess. gonna drink yeah. our dinners tonight. Yeah. Well, do, um, do, it, do any of you have children? Uh, all, all of us. Of oh, you do? Okay, then I can't use the, the kid jokes because, like, being on this show tonight gives me an excuse to literally bar the door. And sit in here quietly with a couple beers for a little while instead of like normal kid duties. So I appreciate that.
0: Oh, my, my wife's at home doing a Zoom meeting with my son's teacher. Because school starts <laughs> on Monday. Same
5: here. Yep. Oh man. Let's not talk about that stuff. That's depressing.
0: No, let's not. Um so Joe, uh let's let's start from the beginning. Um you you worked at Field and Stream, right? I did. Is that how you got uh, your I, I, is that how you got your foot in the door in the uh the outdoor media?
5: No, not quite, man. We're gonna, we're gonna go way back, but I, I so I've only been at Meat Eater since um at the very end of February this year, which was crazy because I, I joined the team, then it's like bang, COVID, which was like a whole other like holy shit. But I was with Field and Stream for fifteen years prior to that, and I was with Saltwater sportsman for a couple years right out of college prior to that but my real start came with a local mag in jersey where i'm from called the new jersey angler which is defunct uh went away a long time ago but i started out like selling magazines at flea markets and covering you know local club bass tournaments and stuff like that that's where it really all started when i was a junior in college
0: oh my goodness so how's it go from the new jersey angler to field and stream how do you, you get your foot in the door? Because I know all of us grew up sitting on the toilet, reading our dad's field and stream, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's that just like, at the time, that was the pinnacle for, for us.
5: <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, uh, I, I'm a straight shooter, so, you know, I'll, I'll tell it like it is. Like In this industry, it's, it's different now with social media and YouTube, and it's a lot easier to get yourself out there in, in the outdoor industry and all other industries uh, kind of by self, right? You you do your own thing and it, it has the ability to get noticed and, and grow big. But it, it's weird for me because I was sort of like the last generation of guys who got in before all that happened. So the amount of change that I've seen in a relatively short time, 15, 16 years, is incredible. Like when I started out, it was purely print, you know, even at Saltwater Sportsman, we didn't care about our website. It was like an afterthought. There was no social media, um, you know, anything like that. But really, to get from the beginning to here, I'd be lying if I didn't say a lot of it was meeting the right people at the right time, working your ass off and just getting your foot in the right door at the right time. No different from, let's say, I don't you know, making it in a band, you know, going from the garage to the club to here. Uh, it's all about getting heard by the right people and, you know, impressing the right people with your work and meeting the right people at the right time. So, um, yeah, I mean, I got, because of New Jersey angler, I met one guy who ultimately led to an internship at saltwater sportsman in New York city, my senior year, they hired me right out out of college. And then, um, you know, the, the field and stream was a sister publication and the company got bought out. They moved saltwater sportsman to Florida. I didn't really want to go. And it was right around that time that Field & Stream was like, hey, this internet thing's really happening. We should hire another web guy. So I took that gig and stayed in New York. And with my real goal, you know, being becoming the fishing editor of Field & Stream, that was like my super goal. And, and um, it just so happened that John Merwin, who was a legend, I mean, he was a legendary uh, player at Field & Stream, the, the fishing editor before me, he retired. And I'd proven myself by them and, and got that gig, um, and that, that, I say that all so fast, like it just like it's like a couple of steps, but that was
4: like it was so know, easy to in do. between there, you
5: know So you, you write
0: articles. Is that what you went to, to school for? When you uh, yeah. like you wrote yeah. articles?
5: Well, was, it was, it's funny, man, because yes, I was a journalism major, but I never had an interest in the school paper or any of that, so I was a journalism major with a multimedia track which was the fancy way to say Internet, you know, in the early 2000s in college. And I look back at the things that I learned within that, quote, multimedia track. And it's like it's all complete, obsolete, useless (laughs) information now, because that was all pre-social media and where where we've gotten to, too. But, yeah, uh, I was. I was a journalism major.
0: So did you learn how to, like, splice tapes for audio recordings and... (laughs)
1: I wasn't, I'm not quite that old. There was
5: digital technology when I was in uh, in school. No, no splicing tape, but, um, you know, syncing video and audio. Um, To be honest, man, I don't remember most of the shit that I learned in college. You're too busy going to hardcore shows, uh, right? Yeah, like, I just, I don't really remember it all that well. But, um, you know, journalism is, I think, one of those fields. Where you can have all the schooling in the world, you know. I hear a lot of kids say, like, "I want to go get my my masters in journalism." And really, from having done it, you you prove yourself more by what you do in the field than your schoolwork. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, you have to have the base of learning it from the beginning, but really, what shines is your portfolio once you're out there doing it. So I never quite understood that. Like, I'm going to go to get a, a master's in journalism. Like, no, nah, just start being a journalist. Like, spend those years. Doing good journalism work, you know.
0: And is the outdoors always what you wanted to to cover, or I? Because I know you have a a strong affinity for for punk and hardcore music as well, right?
4: <laughs>
5: uh, yeah. No, if you were asking seventeen um, year old me these questions, I would say my hardcore band is going to take over <laughs> the world. <laughs> um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. So so it went it went down like this. I think you dudes will appreciate this story. So right around that eight. When you're shopping colleges, what I really wanted to do was go to school for recording technology. And uh, my my parents were cool with that because I grew up playing in bands. So like every Christmas, it was like, is this a music Christmas or a fishing Christmas? Like, do I need a new (laughs) thrash pedal or a new reel? It was always like one or the other, right? So so I wanted to go to school for recording technology. And I got uh, interviews at several schools out here on the East Coast. But the thing I didn't realize till I got there for the interview was that you can't be in the recording program unless you are also uh, like in the general music program. So point being, these schools don't want a bunch of like kids like me who can play Chugga Chugga power chords clogging up their like coveted space in their <laughs> recording program. So I, I got to my first interview and they were like, great, here's some sheet music. Can you play that? And I was like, fuck no. <laughs> so, um, so, <laughs> so that didn't work out. But I always loved to write. I always loved to write and I always loved to fish. I was always very into writing, even in grade school, elementary school. I always was, was good at creative writing. So I'm like, well, that shit's not going to work with the punk band, hardcore band deal. Uh, I like to write. So let's write about fishing because it's the only other thing that I actually give a shit about. So that's how that came about. And so then when switched during, right before
3: I. That? Do you play guitar then?
5: Yeah, I played guitar. I mean, I I sang in a few bands. I never wanted to be a singer, but like we'd have these other singers that sucked real bad, and it got to the point where I was like, dude, like you just you suck real bad. So I guess I'm just gonna have to step up and do this. But um, yeah, man, I was in a band from eighth grade straight through. Literally, I I played my last hardcore shows in some Legion Hall and did did one final tour. Actually, when I had the internship at Saltwater Sportsman, there was a couple months of oh lap where I was still um, living both lives.
0: See, around here, we'd never had American Legion Hall hardcore shows, so I no? n- I never really heard about it until I started listening to uh, Jamie Joss's podcast, and he's always uh-huh. talking about, oh, the, the American Legion shows, and I'm like, what in the fuck is that? Mm-hmm. Our American yeah, Legion no, didn't have any that, hardcore shows. That was shows. a big thing. But yeah, that, that's that just was, a, hmm. a different world for us.
5: Yeah, it was a big thing, and it's, it's funny because um, we were talking about Oh, uh, my man, Miles Nolte, who is the, the, the co host on the new, uh, new podcast, he, he's an, an old school punk, you know, alternative guy, too. And he actually grew up in Hawaii. So we were talking about this, and he said the same thing. He's like, Oh, we didn't do Legion Halls. We had decommissioned naval piers. And I was like, Wow, that's way cooler. <laughs> that's real cool. We were, always, <laughs> we were always fire halls and American Legion Halls. And um, I remember, I, dude, I started doing that so young that somebody's mom would have to be the one to sign the paperwork to get the legion hall for the night and one time in my my band days um i decided that i was old enough by then and that i i could sign the paperwork for the fire hall <laughs> and some band from delaware was like was, was was rocking out we were friends with these guys and the dude had clipped off all the strings at the headstocks and they were real short and as they're rocking out he caught other dude in the neck with his thing and like the the end of the guitar string, like, opened the dude's throat up. Oh, no. And we had to get ambulances and all this <laughs> shit. And I was like, that's why you don't be the dumb fuck that signs the paperwork for the Legion Hall. That's but why that, that scene is gone, dude. Where where kids in bands play these days, I have no idea. I
0: don't know, man. It, I my no kid's idea. way too young to,
5: to know about it yet, but... Mm-hmm. Mm
0: -hmm.
5: (laughs) i hope somewhere they were the days i missed them and a lot of what i did later like with hook shots and even now with with bent and stuff that that shit has all taken the place of my band days because for me like playing in a band i was never one of those dudes who wanted to just jam like oh let's just get together and jam like no man i want to make t-shirts and try and book gigs and write songs and cut demos like it was the whole package so, I, I sort of like later on transferred that drive from the Band days into hook shots and, and now into what we're doing with the Mediator. So, um,
0: speaking of hook shots, you didn't mention how you started or hook shots got started while you were at Field and Stream. Can you, can you dive yeah. into that a little bit? Um, because I, I came personally late to hook shots. Uh, I've been binging on the last two weeks and for real. Like, since Bent started, what? I've been binging.
5: <laughs> yeah, man. Hookshots was around for 11 years. Um, and it, it came about the way many good things do with two people um, drunk as shit outside of a bar. There you go. As, as it should had, be. I, yeah. All <laughs> right. I had just started at uh, Field and Stream. I, maybe I was there a year. And um, I was with my boss at, at the, the big shooting convention in Vegas. I was there doing video on the floor and stuff. And ironically, he's still my boss now. He pulled me away from Field and Stream because he's a mediator. He poached me, as we say in the industry. <laughs> and um, we we're, were outside, um, both had a few hanging out. And, and I was like, hey, man, uh, my dad bought me a handy cam for Christmas. Can I shoot a fishing show? And he was like, yeah, go ahead. And end of that's that's the end of the story. That's, that's how Hookshots started. <laughs> I never edited anything. I never shot anything. Um, if you if you follow along with Hookshots, you will see the progression of the editing getting uh, better. But the motivation behind it was just kind of that I didn't really think most fishing shows at the time. I mean, this is two thousand eight. Were particularly good, um, you know. And I didn't want to make something that was completely over. Uh, what's the word, like over-edited, over-produced, because I am still, to this day, a believer that, uh, you know, pretty footage and drone shots, you know, we do a lot more of that here at Meat Eater, and it does add to productions and things like that. But at the same time, if you've got a flip phone and you know how to tell a good story, you can engage people with very little. So Hook Shots was done super cheap. I mean, my budget was nil. I spent very little money in 11 years. Um, and it was just kind of like, again, like my, my hardcore band for fishing, just running around filming with good people and and doing it all myself.
0: But the, uh, the meat eater with the pretty drone shots and the hook shots with the flip phones is why Mm -hmm. meat eaters on Netflix and hook shots on YouTube.
5: Well, yeah, (laughs) that's true. No, you're you're right. That's a joke. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> hey man, and listen. Yeah. No. But there there's something to be said for that. So it's been really interesting in, in the short time I've been with Meat Eater because I, I recognize their style and I recognize what their audience likes and I recognize how they do things. It's it's very different. It's it's less gorilla, but that's okay. So, you know, my job going forward with, with, with video projects, and there are some in very early stages, um, you know, I did that for eleven years. I did the the total DIY just you know, slap shit together kind of deal. So now the the new challenge is like, all right, how do I adopt sort of their style, but mix it with mine? And it's it's actually it's actually been fun. And the the thing that's so appealing about Meat Eater, you know, for all that time with Hook Shots, I was a one man band. I, I every podcast, every video, I I cut all that myself, and I loved doing it. But I also did it for over a decade. So after all that time to to step into an organization where it's like they have this amazingly talented crew of editors and producers and like really smart next level people it's like hey you know what um if uh you want to help cut my stuff or you want to cut it like uh go for it because i did that already like i proved it so it's it's actually i'm not gonna lie it's kind of nice to to uh, record the new podcast and have like one of the best editors in the biz cutting your shit, is, you is know, it, after just doing it myself for so long.
0: Is it hard though, to give up a little bit of the, uh, the creative, uh, the ownership of it?
5: No, I see what you're saying. And, and it would seem like the answer would be yes. However, thus far, um, there, that has not been an issue because, uh, everybody at meat eater seems to like what we're doing and be on the same page. So, I haven't, it's a bridge I haven't had to cross and I'm not sure that I will uh, because, you know, they sort of, like the podcast, the whole team sort of help with the outline. Like, uh, what what do we want this to look like? Here's the structure that we want, but it's up to you and Miles to figure out what the actual drill down shit is that's going to fill in that structure. So, you know, it's not a, it's not a micromanaging environment. You know what I mean? So we've, we, they're They're very embracing of being a little edgy, you know, creative, funny, funny is good, you know, at uh, um at at some places, like funny's no go. Like, we just oh, we don't do funny. Well, I do funny. I <laughs> either knew I did funny, So they're all about funny. Yeah, and that makes me happy so
0: speaking of that, um sitting around this table, we have three dudes um, and nobody edits shit. We hate funny. Yeah, and we, we hate funny. <laughs> but, uh, but okay. you, you know, that, that's our Kidding. crew. You have a new podcast called Bent. All we hear is you and Miles and maybe uh, Bob the Garbage Man once in a while. Um, how <laughs> many people actually go into the new Bent podcast? How many people are in the crew that, that ha- put their fingers on it?
5: So, I mean, well, it's all different. It's all different levels. I mean, you know, there are some incredibly talented and very smart podcast producers that work full time for Meat Eater. Um, And one of the more difficult things about this podcast, I think, was that with the variety style show that it is, um, you know, we kind of knew what we what we didn't need was one guy talking to one guy about one topic we wanted to mix it up and keep it punchy so we have all these different segments um, and the beauty of the format is that it's kind of like a puzzle so if you get feedback that like hey man that segment sucks and we get that enough it's like hey thanks that's gone and boom you plug something else in so it allows us to always keep it fresh but i think we sort of had to spend some time like getting on the same wavelength between miles and i on the editorial side and the production side because there's just so many segments flying around and so many documents like, OK, this goes here, this goes there, this goes here. So, again, getting these first five um, lined up and ready to go because we, we pre-recorded a lot of these segments. And then what we do is we just add the news segment so that it stays fresh closer to launch. So, um, our, our engineer, Phil, who is famous in his own right, everybody, everybody who listens to media podcast knows Phil, the engineer. Well, I am proud to say with his mustache, the engineer works on Bent. That's awesome. uh, Yeah. So, you know, we, um, we, we have all these segments and all these folders and we just drop in news, uh, towards the end. So getting everything ready to launch was a challenge, but now that we're up and running, like little by little, we're we're becoming like this well-oiled machine now that we've been working. Together. It's like, hey, dude, this is in the folder. This is in the folder. Uh, here's the set list, ready to go. And Phil's like, boom, 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 on it. So it's taken a little time to get that rhythm, but it's but once you have it, and the longer you do it, uh, you know, it 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 works out really well. So it's it's essentially just Miles and I on the creative side, and and uh we have an awesome crew, and, and Phil is our engineer, and they they put it all together and we work really well, it's very cohesive.
0: I, I listened to the first two episodes. Um, when this show airs, it'll be the first three episodes. Uh, mm-hmm. it, and everyone that's listening to this show knows our style. It's long-form interviews. Uh, whereas yours, it seems so labor-intensive with all the different bits and segments. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Dude,
5: it's, it's one of the most labor-intensive things I've ever done. But again, we knew going into it that it was going to be incredibly labor-intensive to get to launch and you know once once you're there and you find that rhythm it's actually becoming less labor intensive by the day because we have five episodes basically ready for for launch but in the meantime now that they're done i mean think about it that buys you five weeks right so but in in the meantime miles and i have been constantly recording Other things to just throw in the bank for later. So when it becomes time to go down the road, you have much more in the can. You're not working episode to episode. So I just spent a few days on the Upper Delaware River mousing, took my mics up there, had a few guide buddies up there. Boom. Knock out a trivia while you're with this guy. Knock out this segment with this guy. Use them at all different times, but you just keep building and building and you you sort of always have stuff in the bank. So when you go on
3: trips and you're doing that kind of uh, interview What uh, are you just recording into your phone or what kind of do you take all your stuff with you or how's that work? Um,
5: No, I mean, I mean, I just I I feel like (laughs) it's not that I'm giving away secrets. It's just I feel like I might be making myself sound less like not that pro. Dude, Miles and I record in a garage band like we have uh, a very inexpensive mixer and a really good mic, really good mic being important. Inexpensive mixer. And uh, we record in GarageBand, and I just throw all that crap in a Pelican case and, and take it on the road.
0: So I got a question for you. Um, you live in New Jersey. Miles lives in Montana. Or no, you live in Pennsylvania, and Miles lives
5: in. Yeah, I live in Pennsylvania, but I don't like to talk about it because I'm so like Jersey proud. I'm no. a Jersey guy. No, dude. I just said this on the Meet Theater podcast. We're like, Pennsylvania. So I grew up out. I I know you are. I yeah, know you are, But I'm saying. Like, I grew up outside of Trenton, New Jersey, and geographically, that's right across the river from PA. So when when you become a grown-up and go buy a real house, like not some <laughs> shit condo you can live in, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, you're crazy not to hop the river for the tax break alone. Oh. So, yes, I do live in Pennsylvania, but, like, I, like I'm, I'm a Jersey you, you guy. You know what? But you right, one, I, love, I love Pennsylvania. That's though. us in Ohio, though. <laughs> yeah, we, sure.
2: We live 10 minutes, not even five minutes from the Ohio border, and that's how we look at right. Ohio, though, too. So yeah, I mean it's uh, yeah goddamn Flatlanders yeah yeah oh <laughs> uh, yeah you know you coming up on someone driving like an gotta be an Ohio driver see the plate Yep told you <laughs> Well it's
5: funny because you're saying that about Ohio people and Jersey people say that about PA people So I got PA plates and I'll still be driving around here I've lived here for uh, nine years now and like I have the same plates as you and I'll be on the highway like. Pennsylvania, people can't drive like <laughs> shit. My, my
0: Maryland cousins say the same thing. You goddamn Pennsylvanians, you drive like shit. <laughs> but, uh, no, but, all right, you live wherever you live on the Southern Delaware River. And Miles yep. lives in Montana. And uh, mm-hmm. how is it to record a podcast? And you guys sound like you're in the same room. You know, um, it, I'm sure you're doing it over some sort of video Zoom or something. Like, so you can see your 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 buddy's uh, reactions to jokes and stuff, yep. right?
5: Yep. Well, it's, yes, we are. And um, it's actually, it's actually pretty easy. And again, a lot of credit to that. You, dude, you saying that it sounds like we're in the same room is probably the greatest compliment we could get. And kudos to madman Phil the engineer on that because boy's good. That dude is good, man. Like he can, dude, we've sent him stuff that we've recorded with third parties over the phone. And we're like, I'm sorry, Phil. It sounds like he's in a washing machine with a fucking blender running. And so like, no problem. And then we hear it back, and it's like totally clean. I'm like, how did you do that? <laughs> That's well, why he's-, he's amazing. But, but what we do um, is, yeah, like we'll talk over, over Slack or Skype or whatever so that we can see each other. But he's got a good mic and the same setup as I do. So while we're talking to each other over the computer, we're recording our own tracks here on our own software, so it's nice and clean. And then we just upload those to a folder, and Phil works his magic and slaps them together. Hmm. Awesome! Th- th- that sounds like yep. the it, life. That's that's, dude, that's like Howard Stern learned,
0: shit.
3: We
5: need a yeah. fucking Phil. I know we need Phil. <laughs> Can we be <laughs> on the media room channel, <laughs> dude, I've, learned, I've learned so much shit. Like when I was doing yeah. the old, who part were you, dude? In such a short time. When I was doing the old hookshots podcast, like I thought I had my deal you know, dialed like calling people on Google and like, I got this, I am like, I got this dialed. And then within a couple months of working with Phil and working at Mediator, I'm like, wow, there's like things. If I had only known about this a year ago and this is, this shit's not that complicated, but I was doing it way wrong. Yeah. So it's, it's been amazing to learn from, from the crew at Mediators.
0: I'm sure we're, we're doing it wrong
5: as well. You know, like, like you now, were, you know, you know? The, here's the thing though, right. To, to speak to that, there is really no wrong there's just like cleaner or not so much but again going back to it like between what you're doing and the old hook shots podcast I like worried so much about the quality of the audio and then I realized like it's not so bad that people don't know what we're saying like it's not like (laughs) incoherent and again if you're telling a good story and engaging people they don't care that much you know what I mean like it's not that big a deal so you guys are fine I know Trust you. Me. You probably listen to the podcast, and I do the same thing. Listen to shows
0: that aren't the best recording like quality, and uh, we it, still,
5: I still yeah. listen to them all the same. Sure, man. Because, uh, like I said, it, it's if if you're so wrapped up in what dude sounds like that you're missing the fact that he's saying some really interesting stuff, telling a really great story. Then, uh, then just stop listening to podcasts. You know? I think the it's, content it's, it's comes just like off. it's dude, mm-hmm. everything in fishing ties back to punk and hardcore music. Like if you didn't like that song because it was recorded like shit in a trailer somewhere, like if that's your complaint, then like you don't get it. So oh, but I said Amen. I love having a good engineer and having our on, shit sound really good.
2: So we've hit on everything kind of in the past and through hook, hook shots moving forward into meat eaters. And some of you might not be able to get into, but what's the future hold?
5: I don't know, man. I've only been here for like six months. I don't, <laughs> I don't know what the future holds. Well, uh, I can tell you that we, I, you know, there, there are some video projects in the early stages. Um, I'm not, I am not, can't talk too much about those because they are just that in the very early stages. But, um, you know, I, I, I think that it is a goal at Mediator. which is part of the reason why I'm there, to really ramp up fishing and and bring in a hardcore fishing audience and and Bent was the uh sort of first step in that and and a big priority was to to get a new fishing podcast launched so that was like priority one that that had to get done as fast as possible
2: how, how many of you you may speak of all the people there how many
5: people are involved at in meteor hmm i don't i don't really know the exact number um but i mean quite a few you know it's uh pretty big office out there in bozeman it's not just uh, Stephen and yanni anymore
0: what's that it's not just Stephen and yanni anymore
5: no 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 no, 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 it's, no, no. It's, <laughs> a, it's a it's a legit company with a lot of people now yeah yeah
0: so um we we did talk to a a guy a couple weeks ago that did get to do a little bit of filming with you and he didn't release any spoilers but can you talk about a, a little bit of a, a smallmouth trip that you're on Oh, with Timmy? Yes, with Timmy. Timmy Lenware.
5: Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll do that, but you have to answer a question for me before I talk about what went down with Timmy. Absolutely. Did Tom Rosenbauer request being let in with Mama Kin? He did not.
4: <laughs>
5: <laughs> I I
0: chose that for Tom Rosenbauer. <laughs> okay. That's so all I want to know, because I
5: would have emailed him in like, Tom, Mama Kin Mama um, yeah, so I, I was hanging out in late uh, June with, with Tim, who I'd never met before, and I would I'd really consider him a friend now. Uh, super awesome dude. Like, you know, I've, I've met so many people, and the, and the, the, the best part of, of what I get to do, people are always like, oh man, you get to fish. I'm like, yeah, I do get to fish, but I get to meet cool people. Like, that's really what I'm into. And Tim, awesome dude. Uh, I cannot wait to fish with him again, but I was out there in late June, uh, northern Wisconsin, Filming an episode for season two of DOS Boat, which will be launching pretty soon, I believe.
0: Do you, Do you have any idea when? Because I can't wait. I'm on pins and
5: needles. Um, we're we're working out final details on launch now. Okay. And for fear of in mouth, I will say no more. But that's, uh, that's perfect, Relatively man. <laughs> near, relatively near future. Cool. And the experience was just awesome. I tell you the truth, man, it was uh, one of the most eye-opening smallmouth experiences i i've ever had uh because i do a fair amount of fly fishing for smallmouths. i live right here on the delaware spend a lot of time on the susquehanna um and to go up there i don't know how, how well you had him on so i'm sure he talked all about this but the way that they fly fish for smallmouths was just like holy shit like i did, didn't really know it went down like this and here we are throwing these uh big Basically Chernobyl ants, so the Mr. Wigglies, their patterns out there. Mm-hmm. And the way that Tim described it was passive feeding. In other words, you have these, these big smallies tucked up against the bank and juicy little greasy runs and stuff. And he's like, he's not thinking about food. He's not actively hunting. He's not chasing bait fish around. He doesn't really care about food. But when you present that easy-to-kill dragonfly or whatever, it's almost like the fish are like can't pass that up like super easy let me just scoot up real quick and sip that and go back down and I'd never seen smallmouth behave that way before because I never really knew to fish for them that way before so here you are out on this river and you know you you, you throw in this, this foam wiggly out there and like I watch a 20 inch fish just like rise up like a trout and nip the shit not come up and hammer it like they hit a pop bar or whatever it is just come up and go and suck it down i was like damn dude does this happen everywhere he's like yeah do this shit at home it'll happen there too and it's funny because i was i was almost kicking myself because i, I should have already known that right because how many times you are throwing poppers or something the damn fish always hit it when it's stopped not when you're chugging it right so it's the same thing but what it opened my eyes to was was how to really play that up so instead of getting that rando fish that hit it on the pause it's like no dude you need to be pausing more Now, so he's like, oh, when you throw a popper, the, 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 when the popper lands, that's pop number one. So let it hit and then don't move it and let it, it's the way they do things completely changed my perspective on fly fishing for smallmouths. Awesome trip. Awesome time. Have you got to do it locally since you've been back? I've messed with it a little bit and I've caught a few fish. I mean, we don't have anything near the smallmouth fishery here that the Menominee does, um, A little bit more so on the Susquehanna. I haven't gotten out here this summer. And the last time I was there, just, you know, to to sort of, it it, it was like Candyland. And they were super aggressive. So you could pop the shit out of something and they would come up and crush it. But I saw the, the benefits of this more when it's slow, like when they're not aggressive. And that's basically what he's saying. He's like it can be a slow day, and if you put this in front of them the right way, they'll just they kind of just can't resist so um, I want to do it more in fact, September here i mean I'm you got aren't that far away from me. September is actually one of my favorite smallmouth months for bugs because all the the shad fry all the American shad fry in the delaware are gone by september they've flushed out so they're not out there running around crushing schools of shad and they tend to be the most tuned in to bugs and just looking up and eating oddball stuff in september so i want i want to do a lot more of it
2: so regardless of fishery is this something you see is kind of more water related though can you do it through you know fast water or something that you don't see the fish or is this more like slack water where you're visibly seeing that fish just kind of
5: cruising along no i mean it's somewhere in between um i mean you know tim i definitely noticed was 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 doing this in a particular kind of water and this is i feel like this is a bad description but it's not the slack stuff right because then they have too much look time mm-hmm. and it's not the fast stuff because they don't have enough it's like that greasy like almost just like the that right eddy depth, off the edge feet, you know like the dance uh, water yeah.
2: yep the soft water but, off the edge
5: yes Exactly. Yeah. That's where it was the most effective. Yeah. Um, roll and ironically, during our trip, we actually had slow fishing compared to what he's used to. But like, even his slow, to me, was like rock star. I mean just to be blind in that fly out there for hours and like, nothing, 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 all of a sudden, this giant. I mean, I think 17 inches was the smallest fish we caught. Well, I mean, just smallest? these toads coming wow. up and just sipping. Yeah.
2: Huh. Hell yeah.
0: <laughs>
5: hey, that, Yeah, exactly. That's why he is who he is, you know? Yes, yes. And we had a, we had a great time. In fact, we uh, he'll be on uh, the Bent podcast. We've already recorded some stuff with him. So, nice. um, Yeah, oh, and a really he great is a guy, sil- great shop, great trip. He has a silky smooth voice, too. <laughs> yeah, he does. So, I mean,
2: that that's obviously an awesome experience there. But in all your years, you've done a, a substantial amount of fishing. What's one of the most memorable experiences you've had?
5: Ah, man. You're making me think about that. Um, you know, it's funny because what, what pops into my head is fishing in the Amazon. At the same time, I'm such an advocate of... Like, DIY and, and close to home is always sort of in my shtick. Like, I'm not that guy who's all about going far-flung. Like, I've had some opportunity to go to some 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 pretty far-flung places over the years, but really with hook shots and definitely with Meat Eater. I mean, Meat Eater is about hunting and fishing where you are it's not about you know going to these these super crazy places um but i'm just such a freak for peacock bass and i i got that way fishing them in miami not abroad the first time i ever chased them was in miami which is super accessible for anybody who wants to do it so then later to to get the opportunity to go down into the depths of the amazon and do that was just sort of pinnacle for me um and the fishing was was tremendous but but more so and it sounds cheesy right but it's one of those places that i never in my wildest dreams thought i'd ever get to go to you know what i mean so to have checked that off i may never get back i don't know um i'm just really glad that i got to go there
3: so you know joining the meat eater crew uh does have you got it do you hunt as well and has that got you more into the wanting to hunt and go out on trips and Experience things?
5: <laughs> no, man, it, that, and that's funny. Um, I don't hunt anymore. I hunted a little bit, and I don't want to get too far off, but, you know, growing up out here and growing up in Jersey, um, even the east side of PA compared to where you guys are, it's, it, it's you know, it, it's pretty jammed up. It's not wild, wild country out here on the east side. Um, and my dad was, was really into hunting growing up, but he grew up in that era when if it wasn't posted, you could hunt it. And he would you know, come home on his bike in the 60s and sling a shotgun over his back and go shoot pheasants and stuff down the road on land that wasn't posted. And by the time I became old enough to hunt, that was all done. And he refused to spend thousands of dollars to join you know, a hunting club or whatever. So I didn't actually get into hunting until I was in high school. And I took it upon myself to take the hunter safety course and all that. And for a few years there you know my buddies and i would muck around on public land and uh you know when i first started at field and stream i got a chance to go on a couple really cool hunting trips but really it's just it's just not me I, i i it's not that i don't enjoy it i always say i don't have time for it in other words like october and november that's stripers to me i don't have time to do that and bow hunt and spend time in the summer you know Clearing shooting lanes and finding land, so um, I was always much more into small game—ducks, pheasants, things like that—than than deer hunting. And if I had the opportunity, it's not that I wouldn't go, but I'm I'm kind of the fish guy, and moving over to meat eater, you know, I uh, I'm there to be the fish guy. You know what I mean? It's almost as if to say like they've got plenty of really rock star hunting uh, people, hunting voices, so. It gives me license to be the fish guy, and I'm I'm fine with that.
3: And uh, I, I haven't got a chance to listen to the podcast or anything yet. Uh, does well, come that on, man! Base on, I, I know I'm not a podcast listener. To be honest, I don't listen to this one. <laughs> uh,
0: but well, nobody does, Jay. <laughs> yes.
3: Um, does it base more? You know, it's all. Is it fly fishing or is it? Uh, you know, more of a gear fishing thing. And being a meat eater, uh, do you talk about? taking fish and you know eating and this and that and like they do
5: sure well yeah i mean look that's that's what that's what meat eater is based on right i mean it's it's about the complete package in other words you know here's how to find it here's how to kill it here's how to clean it here's how to cook it it's the complete package and that that whole idea certainly has has been adopted by the fishing side of meat eater so we know who that audience is and we will always have to cater to them and it's it's no secret that content based around cooking fish or how to break down a fish uh, does does really really well and and hell yeah like that's that's part of who meat eater is who we are and we we have to um, recognize that um you know at the same time to really bring in a fishing audience i think it also has to be recognized that not every angler is is looking for that and you know hopefully what what miles and i are doing sort of opens uh, opens the the door to to bringing in more of of the sort of hardcore anglers that maybe don't base everything around um you know bringing fish home not there's anything wrong with that I, i eat a lot of fish man i kill a lot of fish but um to say that that we are sort of beholden to nothing, but that I don't think that's the case. You know, we uh, we're sort of exploring the best ways to sort of marry what meat eater is all about with the content that appeals to the hardcore fisherman who maybe doesn't want to kill a trap. You know, um, I, I know a lot of, of, of know a lot of guys who are all about deer hunting and they're all about turkey hunting, right? But they won't kill a striper. You know it's different like they're all you know it, so well stripers it, it's interesting stripers trying to find need, that balance the stripers
0: need the con- conservation at the moment whereas deer you see them all well, along Let's out there for a second man. Um, the
5: stripers need what
0: the conservation whereas the deer you see them laying all alongside or all along the side of I-80 the entire way across the state or state
5: sure you know? sure and and there yeah i mean and there's a lot of you could sort of go back and forth on that for days and, 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 you know, the, the conservation angle of it. But for me, it, it's just, um, it, it's <laughs> best way I put it is I'm friends with everybody, right? Yeah. I go out saltwater fishing and, and, and fill a cooler rock on man. Unless you're doing nothing illegal, more power to you. But you know, not everybody sees it that way. So, uh, we're trying to speak to sort of both sides of the fishing team. so, Joe,
0: um the first time I was ever introduced to you I I was uh scrolling through YouTube and I I was looking up muskie on the fly. Muskie on the fly. Muskie on the fly. And I kept seeing hook shots, right? You know. So I I kept seeing you with Robbie Hawkins and then I heard you Miles talking about it the other day you're like you hate it. Uh
5: we have one of the biggest musky on the fly dudes. So, like,
1: I you are watch- we just talking about how you
5: guys don't edit stuff. Yeah, we- I am. <laughs> you guys are cutting in and out a little bit, so I'm missing some of the delicious words you're saying.
0: Oh, I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> like, like, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, like I said. Um, <laughs> the first time I was introduced to your uh your media was I was searching musky on the fly, uh-huh. and, um. We have one of the biggest musky on the fly guys that I know around Western Pennsylvania sitting with us, and I heard you telling Miles this week how you hate it. Can you guys do like a a musky on the fly off? How it's good, how it's bad? <laughs> what's good about it? What's bad about it?
5: Makes great grand. Okay, video. is it is is it is it Mark or Jay? I'm squaring off with Mark. I Mark, crack my neck and get ready for Mark. <laughs> yeah, get, <bat>. get,
0: get, <laughs> get your <Nah>. notes ready. <laughs> I, I like
3: smallmouth and trout, bro. <laughs> I don't, I hate, I hate musky too. I think it's, uh, I'll spend some time doing it with Mark. Cause it's We're. I like fishing with Mark, but other
5: than All right, that. Mark, you go, you go first. What's so
3: great about musky on the fly, bro? What, what, why do you love it? Why does it... What in your heart off makes, off makes you just yeah. go crazy about it? I know you love it. I can feel it. I can see it in your eyes. Speak what the, makes you go crazy? Speak the love of musky on the fly. Musky
2: on the fly. On the fly. <laughs> what am I being set up with here? No, <laughs> I don't... No, Joe doesn't... Oh, okay, because everybody Mark, started here, getting, right? You are listening. <laughs> <to> everybody <laughs> started, right? like, getting up.
5: You to do a musky on the fly off with you, where I'm going to tell you why musky on the fly is bullshit and you're going to say why it's awesome and you have to go first you
2: know what in all honesty to, to answer that question fly fishing for musky provides me with an internal satisfaction that i don't have to like justify there's something about it with like the hunt and the chase i obviously tie my own flies it provides a complete circle to where no matter whether i'm fishing i'm not fishing i'm always doing something related to it and at the end of the day that circle completes and you get the fish into the figure eight if i land a fish if i don't land a fish if i get that fish to chase that fly and i get to watch them i get them into eight and i get to play with them and i get to get them to eat I'm, I'm I'm good and you know what i can go a whole week through work the next weekend i'm ready to go again there's no other fish there's nothing else i can do no matter what it is that can hold me off
5: that long and provide enough satisfaction to that doing that okay i hear i hear what you're saying and I'm digesting it right now. Um, you, ever, you ever chase really big pike, Mark? Really big? No. Have like you ever been somewhere where there's like 40-plus-inch pike in a lot of them?
2: Not a lot of them, but I've been in areas with 40-plus-inch
5: pike, but not a lot. Because, see, I liked all the things that you're saying there about the tying your own big flies and all that stuff. But, like, 40-inch pike, they eat, man, like most of the time. <laughs> where i've been so my argument is like having done both right having done musky on the fly and then having been to places where it's, it's a trophy pike fishery i would much rather i i would get the same satisfaction out of a 40 inch pike as i would out of a 40 inch musky which sounds crazy i know and listen <laughs> kidding aside i have the utmost respect for musky fly guys i know a lot of them and And basically, when I make fun of musky fishing on the fly, it's because i'm'm I'm self deprecating and making fun of myself for not having the devotion to do that. But for me, I see that was Mark had such a good answer to that. I can't even like really rip on the dude. Well, but, but you I know what? This, here's I, the I,
2: thing though with that. If the fish does eat all the time, at the end of the day, what's what's the worth the effort of going in and studying? the type of water you're at, the structure, where they should be, where their ambush points are, where you want to be placing that cast so that you're bringing it across where they're looking for that fish at. If you are always going to eat, that alleviates that. Who gives a
5: shit? Well, yeah, but my answer to that is Instagram photos, bro. You can't <laughs> this on Instagram. Yeah, <laughs> that's a beautiful duh. answer. To
2: that absolutely. one hundred percent. Oh, geez. Hey, God. I want to. I want to reach back on. We can we leave this musky thing? Can I reach back on something? Or are you still? Can Can I do one more answer?
0: Why musky on a fly is good? Yes. Because you're always built up to fail, and if you get skunked, <laughs> if you get skunked,
5: hey. Hey bro, it was I, a
0: good day. I was muskie on the fly fishing. What the fuck do you expect? I, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I,
5: I will I will give you that. And again, man, I know I'm I'm buddies with so many guys devoted to that and uh, what I said in the Bent podcast when I said that muskies were overrated. And this is true. It is overrated. Right? People love to bust my balls cuz I've put myself on video so many times trying to get a muskie on fly and haven't been able to do it. But I recognize, see, I don't have the attention span. Like there's plenty of muskies out here. And if I devoted every Free day I had to fly fishing for muskies. I would have had it done three times already. But I'm like ADD. Like I can't be, I I can't get ate up with it enough to go. I'm not doing anything but that until I get it done because somebody's like, yo, dude, tuna bites on. Yo, dude, this is happening. Yo, (laughs) yo, yo. So, like I said, kidding aside, man. Much respect to, to the guys who are dedicated to that. Someday it will happen, but I can't just devote like every second I have to getting that.
2: So my question going back is you said about, you know, no matter what you do, what type of fishing you do, all treated equal, and that's that's awesome. I have nothing against that. What about the fact where you were saying, like, if you're going to go out and you're going to load up a cooler and you're going to come back, what about if that's starting to, you know, prohibit what you're doing? So in situations where, you know, maybe like the striper fishing where it needs help, what about situations in that nature where you know keeping that fish may be providing more harm to the fishery than it is any good
5: i see what you're doing here and it's a very baited question and i'm okay with that (laughs) Um, (laughs) because because here's the thing man i i write about fishing and and podcast about fishing and i make fishing content and i i do see what you're saying and and this this may be a really lame answer and i'm okay with that too um When it comes to the rules, the rules are what they are. And a lot of people work very hard to get them changed. And I've been to plenty of meetings and weighed in on things that I thought should be changed and things that should be done differently. But until they are, I find it personally very difficult to rip into somebody over doing something when they're in their legal rights to do so. And stripers is a great example. There have just been rule changes on stripers um you, you know it's you, you really can't kill a trophy fish now based on these these new rules and um it, it's a hard thing for me to weigh on in, in a sense because i have killed a lot of stripers and i stopped doing that a while ago May, maybe i'll take one smaller one for the table but for the most part 99 percent of the stripers i catch i let go and i'm not more righteous in doing so than the guy who is still going to put his limit in the cooler because until something changes, he has every right to do so based on the law. So I tend not to get tangled up in that stuff and and, and spout off and fight that fight because I have always felt that way. I've, I've never fully agreed with forum posts where, you know, it's like you see a party boat or something with a deck full of stripers. Well, if they're taking too many or taking the wrong size, that's one thing. And if they get busted, that's one thing. Then it's fair game. But at the end of the day... They've got 20 clients on board, and they all have a limit. I, I mean, you can't come out and say you shouldn't do that just because. Yeah,
4: yeah.
5: Uh, and, again, I, I don't know if that's a great answer or not. No, and you know what? I, that's, I that's the way I feel about it.
2: I have a lot of respect for that answer, and that's, that, that's a, that is a great answer. The tough part well, that I actually, find with that and the reason that I, I asked that question is because I'm going to take a couple instances, like, in our local areas. So you take Pennsylvania as a whole. You have a low. I don't even know what it is because I don't even. I haven't kept one. But you have a low forty-inch muskie is your limit, and there's some areas that may have certain restrictions for lakes. But at the end of the day, we have the fisheries here to produce fifty-inch fish on a consistent level. Lake Wisconsin, Lake Minnesota, but you can't get them there if you don't. And a lot of the times, you the answers you get back, well, well, we got to get enough of them in nets to get there. Well, if you're keeping them in the mid forties, they're never going to have a chance to get there. So I mean, hold, hold on for just a second, Mark. I mean, so I haven't mean kept. So I don't even know what the size limit is to base off of. But I mean, one thing is, is you want to get the fifty-inch fish. They say, okay, well, we got to catch more of them in the net in order to prove so. If you're keeping them in the mid forties, they're never going to be able to get to that size level. But you know, we have the. I I guess at the end of it, do you find it, it's hard? It's hard to put a lot of faith in the restrictions set the way they are. When there's a lot of instances that will kind of work the way around it, but at the end of the day, the fisherman or the person that is kind of collectively bargaining that group, their changes do make a big effect. So I guess that's why I say I have a lot of respect for your answer, and yes, that is a great answer, and it's absolutely the legal way to do it. There's nothing abiding by that. But there there, there might be enough people, though, that can make that change in order to produce a,
5: a bigger change in the fisheries sure, and I mean it it has happened you know over the years um but it, it's it's just such a a, a tangled web, particularly in the saltwater scene you know i, I that that's you, a you, could, point spend, you could spend you could spend every minute fighting for for somebody, you know what I mean like you can get oh, sure. so lost in that i like to to make sure i'm familiar with with things in my area that are important and and reg changes and meetings and and what happened and what the outcome was. Um, but, you know, in, in terms of, of uh, you know, coming down on people, I, I I don't if they're doing something legal. I just, I don't see the point.
2: Yeah, that's something there we can't speak on, too, with saltwater. And I, I guess that's something to <clears> take into consideration yeah. that we have no experience with there. And that's that's a bigger group. That's a bigger as a whole. So, hey, yeah,
0: Jeff. Yeah, sure. Joe, since we're speaking about saltwater and killing stripers or not killing stripers, and since you haven't killed one in, how long did you say it was? Quite a while?
5: Yeah, I mean, again, um, I might take, you know, one smaller fish a year. Um, but, like, it's it's been a long time since I've killed a 40-plus pound bass. You know but, what I mean? It's probably been, I don't know. Eight years, something like that, ten years. What what do you replace it with?
0: What what's a good eating fish from New Jersey? You know what I mean? That's what I'm getting at. What uh tuna. You, do you have weak <laughs> fish? Oh
5: tuna god damn. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> now, see, there you go. Like I, I am I am predominantly a catch and release fisherman, but tuna is one of those fish that when I go out for that, I want the max limit. In the box,
3: (laughs) and that's blood. Blood. All gear fishing.
5: That's all gear fishing. Uh, Um, The tuna. Yeah, I've I've messed around with some blue fins on fly over the years, and I've not successfully landed one. So it is all gear fishing, though. My preference is to uh, only troll if we absolutely have to. I like throwing poppers and jigs and sliders and stuff like that around out there. That's the way I prefer to do it. You know, I fly fish a lot for, like, false albacore, some some smaller school yellowfin on the fly. But it's, it's a weird deal because, you know, I don't have a big boat anymore that I can run for tuna myself. So I'm always running with another crew. And in every any given season, you have no idea how many times you're going to get that invite or, or get to go out there. And as life goes on, now i got a couple kids and everybody grows up and nobody has as much free time. So, you know, five, six years ago, I was running eight, 10 tuna trips a summer. Now I'm, I'm dude, this year I had four book. They all got weathered out. Haven't gone once. And they've been slaying yellowfin like every day I'm not there. But point being, if you, Mm -hmm. if you're going to make that effort to go 70 miles offshore, 50 miles offshore, I want the fish in the box. I'm not going out there for the glory of saying I did it on fly. Like I, it's a lot of money in, in gas and expenses to get there. Like, yeah, fly fishing is a thing I would do, like if we had the most banner day. <laughs> and it's like, well, what the hell? Let's see if we can get one on fly. But I, for that particular fishery, I, that that wouldn't be priority for me. No, yeah, sure, sure, I understand completely.
0: Okay, and here's a kind of a roundabout question for you. I know the answer is not not at all. But what's the best way to cook tuna?
5: <laughs> it's you not not at all. It's not not at all. I mean, um,
0: you I, don't like it sashimi?
5: So, Oh, no, 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 I love it, but I wouldn't say that's necessarily the best, okay, um well, then tell us <laughs> I, I, yeah i I mean really, I just think that 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 simple is the way like it's a shame to me to like make a sauce like why it's delicious tuna? Why must we mask it with some kind <laughs> of like thick glaze or sauce? Mm-hmm. so what I tend to do, um and I certainly didn't invent this like i I've, I've fished with a lot of people um guys in California and stuff, who were chefs who like really knew what they were doing and um I just I I like it on a charcoal grill like I you can do it on gas that's fine but charcoal grill like a little old school round Weber (laughs) and I I just do two or three minutes on each side uh the 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 flat sides and then like a minute or less on each of the the skinnier sides so I'll turn it all the way around and I like it like that and like maybe I'll sprinkle some toasted sesame seeds on it or something like that um you know and just like a little maybe a um, a little wasabi mayo or something but something very simple uh you know so it's not like completely killing the flavor but whenever i bring tuna home uh, we always eat it raw like like i always make a sashimi plate and um mm. yeah man like if you're a sushi freak you know people get all wigged out about like i don't know how much content i've done over the years about cutting your own sashimi and eating sashimi at the dock you know, like eat a whole tuna belly on the filet board. and People are like the FDA sells it, <laughs> <laughs> Freeze it for 24 hours for you. Can see. Yeah, I know. I know all that. Okay. And then you'll pay like 30 bucks for, you know, tuna at a sushi place. And it's like, you have not had a piece of tuna sashimi until you had it. Like it was swimming four hours ago. Mm-hmm. So I will take my chances with the worms or whatever I'm supposed to get. Yeah. You know? I, I've caught one tune in my life and we ate it on the boat ride in. So Yeah. We did the or, exact yeah, did. same yeah. thing. <laughs> funny story for you guys, a bunch of years ago, I was down in uh Louisiana and New Orleans on a media gig down there and, and we went down to Venice and we went out yellowfin fishing and we did really, really good. And you know, the guys in the house we were staying at were from all over the place, from the west and uh from the Midwest, and it was just me and another buddy of mine from the East coast that had done a lot of tuna fishing there. So we cut up all the sashimi. And while we were working on that other dudes, like I'm going to take these steaks out back and and grill them. And we were like, okay, it sounds good. And then uh, like 20 minutes later, we walk out there and like, see this grill and these things are just like deep fried, like a Whopper sandwich. (laughs) So we were like, Oh dude, the tuna needs to be flipped. (laughs) (laughs) And and he's like, Oh, I already flipped it. It was, like cooked straight through I was like, Oh, that was such a sin. So that's that's my deal. I know a few people who just don't like it raw, like no rawness in the middle. Mm. But I don't know, that's like mm. taking a piece of wagyu and cooking it well done to Those me. Those are you like just lose yeah. the whole essence of the tuna.
3: That's like the guy who wants a,
5: a, a strip steak well done.
3: When do you,
4: fuck,
3: why yeah. why are you? That's my mom, dude. Steak? My mom
5: my whole life was like to this day, it's like how do you want your fillet, ma'am? She's like, well done. They have to like butterfly the shit so that it cooks enough. And I from <laughs> exactly. eating it that way. So oh, yeah. one day, like my yeah. dad gave me a bite of like rare steak, and I was like, oh
1: man, that was
5: that was wrong the whole time. I, you know, <laughs> yeah. they're out, they're out there. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I ate it all.
3: <laughs>
0: so, uh, Joe, real quick before we let you go, um, we have started dipping our toes into a new fishery around here that I saw that you're a, a giant fan of. Um, we're we're starting to chase bowfins. Can, ah. can you enlighten us on the uh, the world that is bowfin in the eastern part of the state?
5: Sure, I can. Um, or or
0: the... thereabouts.
5: Yeah. Um. So there are, are are much more serious bowfin experts than than I, but I've been messing around with them for uh, seven eight years now, and got really addicted to them. And um, here's 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 the the, the best piece of advice I can give you. If you want the glory of them eating flies and frogs and all that stuff, you can achieve that. okay. but if you just want to catch them and catch them really well, soak a chunk of bait, man. Like, (laughs) oh, yeah, yeah, (laughs) it is absolutely night and day. So most of the time and and what I've learned from other people, um, unlike snakehead, because I'm a big snakehead guy too, right? We have both of them here. Um, bowfin do not have that great of eyesight. So uh, fishing with anything artificial, be it a lure or a fly, is often about getting whatever that is, like almost hitting them in the damn face, and they'll take a shot. Like I've never known a bowfin to track a frog from 15 feet away, like a snakehead or something, uh, but their sense of smell is excellent. So most of the time when I bowfin fish, what I do is I, I, I soak a chunk of bait for them. And just I literally break off the stick, old school, the Y-shaped stick, and jam it in the mud. And I let that soak out there, and I throw a frog all around while I'm waiting for something to hit that. And, and uh, in the spots I fish, if I get one or two blow-ups on a frog, I'm happy. But, I mean, I'll have like a, you know, 15 fish on the damn bait rod. So, you know, there's the sexy way, and then there's the efficient way. Um, and I don't know how you guys are doing it. So I should but, start like
3: dunking my uh, flies in chicken liver? Is
5: what you're telling me? No, no. <laughs> I would do chicken uh... liver. I would do sh- I would do shrimple. Oh, there you go, shrimple. Okay, Fancy. even better. Okay, wow. okay. okay. So, so like, out I can find here that. we have the shad run in the spring. The American shad run, and you're allowed to keep a few of them. So I always keep shad throw in the freezer because it is by far the best bowfin bait out here. It's also <laughs> natural in the system. Okay, so the, the the number two would there would be bluegills. So you get some bluegills. You chunk up the bluegills. But if you're in a pinch and you don't have anything that actually lives in the system, they'll eat the shit out of shrimp. If you can stomach the idea of throwing up money for, like, delicious fresh shrimp just to throw it in a swamp, but they will eat that. Uh, so, we, we have well, I'm Gills. just
3: going to dunk my fly into any of these, these uh, oils just to have the scent <laughs> we is have blue- what I'm talking about. Jay, we have bluegills right just, across I'm the kidding. Street. <laughs> I'm not going to do
5: this, but, you know, it's just funny to talk about. No, the, the fly the fly thing is, is really fun. Um and i don't i don't have the opportunity to do it that much now because by this time of year and it's probably similar out there a lot of places where the both they are covered in duckweed and really mucky and nasty but in the spring before all the vegetation comes in so like around easter time in april you don't have all that vegetation the water tends to be cleaner and they're getting ready to spawn so they're cruising around a Mm -hmm. lot more out there and um you know a lot of the places that I fish, they just don't have any backcaster, right? Like, you're, you know, you're in some swamp with stinging metal and all kinds of shit behind you. But there are a few spots where I will just stand there for a couple of hours, and you just wait. I mean, it's, it's a pure sight fishing game when I do it in the spring. And you just wait for him to come along, put it out there, lead him a little bit, and wait till he's right on top of it, pop it, and he'll snap it. Um, dude, make sure your flies have strong-ass hooks. No. That's what we found chances. out real quick.
2: I'm dumb, like, down, I think. Eight flies and a couple hooks. It's ridiculous. And one rod. But, I mean, we, we have the luxury huh. of it's it's a it's a big swamp. We can put a boat in there. Yep. So I put, right, my, right. I put mine in, and we kind of just drift along the lily pads. And one technique we've developed that's worked is bucktail deceivers, lefty deceivers, what have you, stuff that suspends but kind of just slow sinks. Yep. Throw it out around the edge of the lily pad, let it slow sink, and just kind of yep. like just tap it to get movement in it and just leave it just kind of real, real slow and work it back, and they'll come out and hit it.
5: Yeah, dude, they are, in my opinion, one of the most underrated game fish in this country. I mean, you know, even like I I do a lot of snakehead fishing, and I think um, their strikes are cooler. They're a lot more aggressive when they hit, but then they don't really do that much after their first surge. They just kind of come in, you know, slow to the boat. Both gonna fight your ass the entire way back. They are just a mean-ass fish. yes.
3: So speaking, even of, when you have them in your hands, they're still fighting.
5: <laughs> speaking yeah, of, they scare me, man. They, like they scare me a lot less than snakeheads when I'm holding them out of the water because they have that like slanted beady eye, and I always <laughs> joke <laughs> that like they look at you, like they're looking at you the entire time you're messing with them, and it's like they're just saying like I would take a chunk out of your cheek right now, you some <laughs> bitch. <if I'm laughs> <serious. Yeah. laughs>
0: yes. So, Joe, speaking about the snakeheads, they're invasive. Have you ever uh, fried one of them up?
5: Cause... Oh, I've fried up many of them. And mm. uh, interestingly, like, because I grew up coastal, um, my preference to eat is saltwater fish. And and I I mean, I've had everything, name it, crappies, walleye. It's all mm. very good. Uh, but because of where I grew up, it's like I'm less interested in bringing home a stringer of crappies. I'd have just some fluke or sea bass or something so i i don't on my own time locally at least consume that much freshwater fish um until i started snakehead fishing and i had to try it right and dude i was blown away it is every bit as as if i fried up like snakehead nuggets and and put them side by side with grouper nuggets or tilefish or something and fed them to you boys guaranteed you wouldn't be able to tell me which was which
1: hmm
0: I'm in. Um, like I said, I have family in Ocean uh, right around Ocean City, Maryland, and they have a a large snakehead population, and they say they are so delicious. And they they enjoy uh shooting them with a bow more than catching them with a the
5: fishing rod. Sure, we actually have guys here in Delaware. There's a few uh um boat bow fishing charter guys and. Yeah, they they hit them pretty hard. Uh, it's funny though because so many people are like, oh, those are icky. You know, they're gross looking. They're these monster fish, and but people yeah. don't remember the reason they're here is because they were a prized food fish in Asian cultures. That's why they're here because people love to eat them. And um, I was shocked, man. They live in some really mucky stuff. So your inclination is to say, oh, they're going to taste like where they live, but they. Don't because they're not bottom feeders. They're not bottom dwellers. They're, they're predators and they're eating crayfish and, and minnows and stuff like that. So, like if I had my preference between say a, a channel cat from around here or a snakehead out of the same water, snakehead every time. They're they're really delicious.
2: Huh.
5: So hey, Joe.
0: Uh, we we've kept you on the phone for an hour. You you really need to get back to your dad your dad uh occupation. <laughs> um, no, I don't. No, I, I hang up, I have to go do that shit. What do you guys want
5: to talk about now? What's your favorite movie? Uh, Armageddon. No, it's not. Ar- Armageddon. <laughs> Fuck that shit. I'm telling you, bro. <laughs> Boys in the Hood. Actually, I do have to go, so
0: it's been good talking to you guys. No,
5: I'm just kidding.
0: Um, is So is there anything that you want to end with? Um, Anything the meat-eater uh, world is going to bring to us, or you're thinking about bringing to them um anything that the people can look forward to
5: i, I think that, I, I that you can talk like about
0: god i mean that you can talk about you know what i mean i'm not yeah, looking no, for spoilers I, I
5: mean i i think um you know the the i, I first of all i should say that i'm, I'm really proud and, and honored that i got brought on at Media. like it's it's uh very happy to be here and working with this team and i, I think the thing to say you know considering you, you have a hardcore fishing audience here is that you know for anybody uh, who, who maybe doesn't look to meat eater for hardcore fishing content um start because that's what i'm here for and what miles is there for and um bent which you can find at the meat the new podcast is, is sort of um step one in going that direction of saying hey hardcore angler dudes we're here for you, like we're creating content for you. So um, if things if things go our way, you can really expect Meteor to be a, a player in the in the fishing realm.
0: And from the two episodes that I've heard so far, Bent is definitely a show that is thoroughly enter- entertaining.
5: I appreciate that, man. I mean, that's that's what we're going for. You know, um, there, there's so much great hunting content out there and, and and gun content, and it's all very well done. But I think naturally fishing just allows itself to be more fun and more jokey you know it 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 just lends itself to being uh, room there's there's more room to have fun and be funny and be entertaining on the fishing side of things because you know that's what we're going for with bent is like what are the what's the bullshit and the conversations that you have with your boys on the boat on a saturday anyway that's what we're trying to capture you know that's what fishing is about and we're trying to be entertaining and educating Educational, or rather, be educational in an entertaining way, and uh, I hope we're achieving that. We've Unless you musky fish, so right? Far, and I hope that continues. Unless you, must... you musky fish, right? Yeah, if you musky fish, just like just stop, man. Just go do something. Like, like when you won't drive yourself <laughs> <That's> crazy. <wild. laughs> Mark with Mark with a C.
1: <laughs>
5: <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I, I Great, I dude, no, myself great. No, it's it, it's great. personal. It's nothing against you. It's completely personal against myself. Okay? I, I suck at fly fishing for muskies, and muskies fucking hate me, okay? And I don't mean to take that out on everyone. <laughs> you know what? You
0: did it with probably the worst dude ever, right? You you only did it with the dude that holds a world
5: record for muskie on the fly. <laughs> yeah, <and really>. well, <laughs> yeah, Rob Hawkins, my boy. Um, and it's funny because the first time I filmed with him, he had just moved to Minnesota, and he's like, "I saw three and caught one. I'm just getting the hang of this." And like, two years later, it's like, dude caught the world record. Um, and in fact, he 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 had the the uh, not not only did he catch it, he had his GoPro rolling after like seven hours of nothing. It happened to be rolling for that, and I I got to release that video first through Hookshots on Field and Stream. Um, but you know, it's it's a funny thing with musky guys. Every time I would go on fly. Fishing for muskie, or, or, or other species for that matter. From being honest, when you fail and come back, here's what you get: you get a message like, "Bro, whenever you're ready to get that done, you got to come out here and see me because I'm <laughs> dialed." <you know>? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Everyone. And I'm like, I, I'm like, I appreciate what you're saying, okay, but that dude was dialed too, okay? It was a cold front. It was whatever it was. Muskie's hate me. It wasn't happening. It's muskie, but dude, my entire any time i muskie. muskie's like pff, whenever you're ready, dude, come out here to Ohio. Come out here to New Mexico, dude, you'll get 10. Pff, whenever you're ready, whenever you're ready to man up, come out here. Like, dude caught the fucking world record. You don't think he knows his shit? Damn. <laughs> oh, he knows nothing. I'm sure he knows nothing. Uh,
4: that's good.
0: He he owns a fly shop in the like the muskie central of the
5: world. Well, not even Hawkins, and, and 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 I can say this because I know he would agree. Like Hawkins did an amazing thing. But he'd give a lot of his credit to people that showed him. And the first time I filmed with him, we fished with a dude named Gabe Schubert. Now, Mark, I don't know if you know that name or not. But, the Musky um, Jesus. What's that? The Musky Jesus. The, uh, is that what they call him? The mm-hmm. Musky Jesus? Yeah. Okay. I fished with him. And, like, that was the dude that was mm-hmm. teaching Hawkins a lot. And, I mean, Gabe was like, he barely spoke, but when he did use. Listen, he was super obsessed and like i know a lot of people hail him as like the musky god you did know G- what i mean did so, gabe
4: tell
0: you you I, should quit
5: <laughs> <laughs> no although although a little insider information for anybody who, who watches that episode which was years ago now you don't see it on camera but there was there was a little bit of like i don't think gabe quite understood exactly how explicit we were going to be with where we were fishing and it turned into a blow-up that was like uh, I'm not fishing with you guys then if we show this, this, and this. And it was mm-hmm. it was a little sticky there for a little bit. But, I mean, I, again, huge respect for um, flies that do ties and his dedication to it. But, you know, point being, it's just like anywhere, anytime I ever did anything where the results were not that great, or like, just got it done, somebody's like, next time you're down there, fish with <laughs> Billy McBillerson. i like, I don't know him. I know that guy. And he's good, too. Yeah, he's good
1: too. <laughs>
0: Uh, you mean Billy McBillerson isn't that good? No. I mean,
5: he's not as good <laughs> as my guy. But, you know, and I, I get that. Every, I, I, dude, I get it, and I take it all with a grain of salt. And I appreciate the feedback. And, like, I'm always like, hey, man, I'll look him up next i him down there. But people, you know, they're always like, why'd you end up with that dude? I'm like, well, because I knew him. And I don't know your guy. You know what I mean? And that dude caught the world record on the fly. Yeah, dude, I've held it in my hands. And I'm like, I can't even... If you guys are ever out in St. Paul and stopping into Bob Mitchell's, Hawkins will happily take it off the wall for you. Like he does it like five times a day. He's like, Oh, that's a world record. Oh, let me climb up a ladder and you can hold it. And like just he takes you it down times to hold, it. You it hold it. that sucker. You can hold it. Like oh my god, I
0: saw a picture of Brad Bone holding it. I thought that was just a, like a special thing. Like that he took off the wall for Brad. You know,
5: no, nope, but he does that nope, for everybody. Dude, it... <laughs> yeah, dude. Literally, if you walk into that shop and uh, and, and and you know. It, 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 he does it all the time. I have friends that have gone out there who don't know him at all. We're just like, oh, I popped into the shop and uh, you know said I was a friend of yours, and oh, that's the record. He's like, oh, I mean, hop up there. He like pulls out a stepladder, goes up, takes it down, he <laughs> poses with it. Hawkins <laughs> is the man, dude. Like he's he's the man. And, and and if if any of you guys are ever making a pilgrimage out that way, maybe you have already. Um, such a great shop, Bre- brewery connected, just great people, great people.
0: We haven't been out that that direction but uh when they start posting posting pictures of them on skateboards in the fly shop oh that, yeah that makes me want to be there
5: what well, yeah i think there might have been some skatage in the fly shop but, but hawkins i've stayed at his house he's got like a half pipe in his basement and i'm like dude you're like 45 years old what are you doing he's <laughs> down there like Half pipe. In basement. say bobby you're break, you're gonna break a hip yeah, he goes, yeah, and he, Bobby Nachos. He goes by Bobby Nachos. I don't know if you guys knew that. I don't even know where the Nachos came from, but that's what he goes by. No,
0: we didn't know that. We had him on the show, and he never never once mentioned Bobby Nachos. he, he was the Nachos? Oh,
1: really? That's his name on Instagram. Oh, man.
5: I didn't it's, know you yeah. guys had him on the show. He was my first Hook Shots podcast, and he's like, what do you want to talk about? I'm like, not the catching of the world record. <laughs> I want to talk about everything that happened afterwards. What? Like how drunk you got, and all that. And he was like, oh. Cool.
0: He said they drove drove the shore and got a case of PBRs.
5: Yeah, they like, like, no they, like beers. <laughs> I'm, 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 I don't want to tell the story wrong, but like they like pulled over to somebody's dock, somebody's private dock, and just like walked through their yard and bought a case of PBRs. <laughs>
0: yeah, that that's what it sounds like. That's yep. a, and that's a yep. not,
3: that's not a skin mount, right? It's a replica? no, 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 no,
5: no. Did
0: not
3: kill that fish. Nope. It's a yeah, I, I thought so. That's what I was. Yeah, I thought that was a replica. Awesome. That yep. would be perfect. I want to hold it one day.
5: Yep, you can. Tell him I said so. Take it down for <laughs> Tell you.
3: Tell him I said so. <laughs> right he told me you would do this for me.
0: Joe <laughs> Joe said we can hold that mount right there. Chad and I want to hold <laughs> it together. <laughs> so hey Joe, is there anything we haven't hit on that you would like to?
5: No man, you guys, I, I have to say, this was incredibly fun. This was this is one of the most fun podcasts I've ever been on. Because you guys, you guys are cool to hang out with over the audio waves.
0: Well, thank you very much. And uh, someday, hopefully, we'll be cool to hang out with in real life.
5: Yeah, well, dude, you guys aren't that far, right? I mean, I haven't been out your way in a while. Um, I have been out there, but it's been a while. But you guys are ever heading out east? Do let me know. You guys are. If I'm heading out west, I will let you know. You can come out here and do some bowfinning or snakeheading or, you know, not musky fishing. Come on out. (laughs) (laughs) Anything
3: but small, yeah, smallmouth. I love smallmouth. That's yeah,
5: good. well There's small out in, in, in the middle in Harrisburg because it's better there. So awesome.
0: So Joe, uh, where where can people go and find Bent at?
5: Uh, at the uh, under the listen tab, you will find it there. However, it is also wherever podcasts are served Apple, Spotify, uh, Google Play, some other places that I can't remember right now, but just all the places where you would find a podcast, you will find bent.
0: If you hear these on, or this show on these airwaves, Bent is there. And they're, they're getting yeah. way better reviews than we are.
5: <laughs> Wait till this one drops, dude. You're going to crush Bent.
0: Oh, yeah. <laughs> 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 I know things are
4: getting tougher
1: when you can't get the thumb off the bottom of the barrel. What a bad for all the turn now. Look at fucking them.
0: God damn, that was fun.
3: (laughs) Oh, man. All I know is that that was a great guest. All I know is
0: we can't say God damn on the Meteor Airwaves, (laughs) but we can say them on ours.
3: They couldn't have me on there. I can't clean myself up.
0: We can dress you up, Jay, but we can't take you out.
3: Fuck, no, you can't. Last time you guys took me to a nice restaurant, I think I was a total obscene asshole. Uh, it
0: was better than we when we took someone else to a, the a Crane nice... Room?
3: Come on. Remember that night?
0: The crane room. <laughs> I no I don't. <laughs> <laughs>
3: yeah, he... I said some fucking crazy shit. People are like looking at us and that's,
0: I looked nice though. That's normal place, man. That, that's how we roll. <laughs> <laughs> Chad was laughing his ass off. I was belly laughing. Yeah, I, like, yeah like goddamn Santa Claus.
3: <laughs> I love it, man. You have the best belly laugh. So we had gotten some serious though conversation, Mark and I did the other day, or last night, and I was going crazy last night, or just a second ago, outside, and you guys said save it, so you want to get into that? Absolutely. Sure, shoot.
0: Sure. We were talking about doing a smallmouth float on a different stretch than we normally do, and I said, it's good to a point, and then just fucking paddle past the frog water that, you know, that I... It, it just gets boring
3: to fish. I'm sure they're fish here, but it just gets so boring. And I was talking about, you know, seeing, you know, a couple decent sized fish this year, and you, you tend to see them in the same spot you'll see a giant predator or a bigger predator, you know, a muskie or a bigger pike, or you see them where the pike would be. Uh, so last the, time, I, uh, the
0: biggest two we caught last week were in tail outs. Yes. Like quicker tail outs.
3: Yeah. But those weren't even big fish. Th-
0: the biggest two we saw. Yes. Yeah.
3: Like, those weren't like the monsters, though. Like, I saw a monster like Mark saw a couple years ago or la- what, last year or a couple years ago, whatever it was. And it was in a similar spot to what that fish was in. Sitting right next to a giant tree in a slow, slow. Shitty place. We shouldn't. You wouldn't think you should smallmouth fish, and I just think once those fish get so big, they they're not afraid of the other predators. Look at that. They're not afraid. They're look not. Look at like that we eighteen. I about.
2: caught up right up from your spot on the opposite side of there. It was right in my spot, but on the opposite it, side. Didn't
3: that fish will go all over?
2: They have a vantage point. They have a plan B, and they're just like they're rowing. Their ass is backed up, you know, away from danger. When you get that big, they're gonna set themselves in an area where they have full visibility around them, like a cat. Think about where a, a, a cat, if it's ambushing, a lot of times, unless it's like walking through, it's got full visibility. And a lot of times, they try to get like themselves like backed up against something, so that there's like nothing behind them. They know that they're like like against it. Yes. Yeah. There's nothing gonna be. No. There's, exactly there's nothing behind no. them. They got full visibility in front. They can ambush. Exactly. They can do anything, and they have yes. nothing to fear. No. So at that point, everything is. Yeah. So when a smallmouth reaches like that 20 inch point, he pretty much acts just like you said, like any musky big pike. Yeah. They're gonna sit in them spots.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: And they but want the with same that, flies.
2: but with that, let's think about like let's say like a tree's laid down in the water. You have multiple limbs coming up off of it. They're going up. You have a couple up high. You have a couple in the middle. You have a couple down low. That 20 is not going to sit up at the top. Mm -mm. Chances are he's probably not going to sit at the middle. He may rise to there later in the day, early in the morning. He's going to be sitting down in. A lot of times when you run that first cast by, the ones at the top are going to come up and eat. He's still down there. Oh, sure. Sure. Um, I a mean, I got, there. In, in my situation, I, was, I got lucky. I dropped it straight down there. Right off the corner, right in an edge, right where that limb came out, right where he should have been. And that fly dropped right down as soon as it got down to the bottom. A mm-hmm. couple twitches, boom. Fish oh, was, I was there. there. Oh, yeah. If I would have thrown something and raked it right over the top of it when I got that fish, no.
3: That's exactly the same thing. I, I fished off this, that tree that was into the water. Just a giant dead tree. And it goes down into the water, you know what I mean. So he's sitting on that. F- he's just sitting off one of the sides of the tree, mm-hmm. and just I mean, it's the tree's giant. It's it's bigger than the table we're sitting at, which is like a normal card table. It's a four by four table. Yeah, exactly, and this is a giant tree. I'll show you exactly where it's at if you come with me, and I can show you from the road where the damn tree's at now.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
3: Chad you know? uh, seen it, you know what I mean. He, now we fucked up on but, it this last past time we went by it, but but that
0: was a nice like. A long flat with a depression in it. Yeah, where the fish was
3: sitting. Oh yeah, and it, but you seen the tree he was sitting yeah. on, and it was. I just set it there, but I let dude, I let my sinking line do the work, and I let that that game changer sink, sink. I'm like sink, 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 strip, 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 and because he was he wasn't no, he's not gonna no, he's not. I want to try this thing though. The Mr. Wiggly, about, yeah. I, I'm I'm that to, to have to try this sometime soon because
0: if we go Sunday, I'm dedicating myself to Mr. Wiggly. I'll I'll tie a couple up this week, you know, uh, Thursday, Friday, maybe Saturday, and then uh, yeah, I'll I'll dedicate myself to Mr. Wiggly in a floating line until I, we get to a striper situation.
3: Yeah, yeah. Well, and then I'm yeah. gonna switch over to a second even, line. Even I think that that edge, though, from even like from uh like to where we would call your street. Mhm. From there to the hybrid area would be the place to do that. Mhm. Because it's not that deep, dude. And you can like, man, if you would just let it float along and just twit, twitch, twitch. I think man, else you could get them in. Like even like oh back in that that pile. No. Of yeah, yeah. Junk right up in at that the corner, man.
2: Go one. Under the first bridge, that whole shallow area right off the beginning, all that slack water. Are you water. talking about,
3: like, down there? Right
2: no, start, right off the bat. Right off the bat. See, that whole slack water before the riffle, the whole right side Oh, he's side talking about the
3: lumber yard. Yeah. Wait. You're talking about way up top. I'm talking an original float, the main float. Yeah, yeah.
0: That whole oh, upper yeah, section what we're is perfect
2: about. for it. And then as soon as you go under the next bridge, right, go through the fast water, the area we usually wade, that whole opposite bank. Like where I took one. a dump. Yeah. The whole opposite bank. Yeah, bay. yeah. <laughs> From the dump house. Oh, tw- all <laughs> money for Not
3: no once, twice. Just as like Chad's normal dumping place. I have a certain tree now. It, it's my dumping tree. <laughs> <laughs> you think a hobo lives there? <laughs> no, but we saw some hobo encampments. Oh, we saw a bunch of hobo encampments.
0: Like three of them. Jay got snagged on a, a
3: handbag. Oh, I was... F- fucking livid dude I was livid, oh I was oh uh, my fuck man, and then one hook comes out the back hook of the game changer goes into the fucking thing, and it's not coming out now, I'm like get me a fucking pair of pliers i'm gonna, I'm about to I'm about to snap dude my and then well my rod comes apart oh, no, <laughs> and all this nonsense, serious. yeah, the you know and I'm like oh now and then, and, and we have we have Jordan, you know, and he doesn't. I mean, he does know how to row as well as Chad, and I do, you know? and So he's the one rowing, and I'm not going to just pull him out of the seat. You know, learn, man. If you want to keep fishing and hanging out, learn. You know what I mean? It's learning time, so. keep me here, motherfucker. Yes, <laughs> <it can>. yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Keep me right there. And I put my rod back together, and then I grabbed the line and handed him the rod and did what I had to do on this stupid bag, and then I needed a pair of pliers. Oh, okay. I don't want to talk about that no Was morning. it a Gucci? It looked like a homeless I <laughs> mean, well, It was in the river, so it was definitely homeless. I looked at it. was I, it, I, looked, was it well, I felt it. I, it had money and it. it. didn't have the money in it, so I was out.
0: You didn't look for a,
3: like a license or anything? Dude, uh, <laughs> I didn't want syphilis or COVID from it, so I'm cool. Well,
0: you didn't stick your wiener in it, so you're not going to get syphilis.
3: You never know.
2: <laughs> you can't get that shit orally? Are you sure? You're expecting a lot here.
3: I'm telling you, man. That's not how it works. Okay, well, I didn't want anything off that dirty, dirty bag from a homeless person, so... Uh. You can get warts from it,
0: but,
4: one, not, but yeah, not simplest. One less, one less fucking... Uh,
0: one less inch. We broke Mark. <laughs>
4: that was a good one. Uh.
1: Uh.
2: Lord, your nose looks. Okay.
3: Oh God, if I start growing <laughs> warts on my nose, I will look like a fucking male witch. I'm just gonna grow my hair long and start wearing a huge hat, out fishing. Oh Lord, help me.
2: Oh man, that's a good one.
3: But, like, so I wanted to talk about this, and I thought about it on the right here. Uh, like, it's coming to that new season, you know, like not new. It's it's summer is about to end. And I can feel the nights getting cooler. It's when I wake up in the morning, period. I'm starting to wear a hoodie at work, and like for the first hour in the morning. Well, your fat ass doesn't need anything. You have insulation. I'm skinny, all right. Fuck you! I have tits. <laughs> you do. <too. laughs> you have man boobs. Like, I, get as no, I get as much as you out of my wife. So, anyway, <laughs> don't get a boner when you rub my but, tits. Bro. I know, like, but that <laughs> Why like do you think you always <laughs> even, want to fish in the back even, when you row. Even with the small mouth and trout, and I uh, can start to go back to the trout fishing and like chad i know you 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 get torn between the musky and the trout what, what's september hold for you Oh my or do, God. what do you think it will on the weekends you know we can only get so much time i know exactly what holds for me only because what i do
0: for a living i everything i lift is heavy everything i do is heavy i swung a sledgehammer the other day to break some tires loose in my right elbow went. Oh God! Oh God! So, I think I'm gonna be throwing a lot less big flies for the time being, only because of my elbows and my hands and what I do for a living. Like it's, it's taking a toll on me. You know what I mean?
3: Absolutely. I so, know exactly uh, what you mean. <laughs>
0: I, so I do s- the same shit. Smallmouth the same, but
3: smallmouth
0: and trout. I see myself throwing big flat quote-unquote, as big flies as I can throw for those fish. Um, That being said, I also was thinking about making some new uh, brushes and making some musky game changers with hanging hooks, hanging double hooks, but not as dense as I was making them before. Like, less dense versions of the weave hair musky game changers that I was
3: making before. So, be so they don't look like muskrats and they maybe look like a uh, minnow.
0: Yeah, pretty much. I,
3: so I'm going to try doing that and seeing if
0: that's going to help my arm. Like I said, I prefer to fish synthetic. I Mark and I do a lot of bucktail work. Um, as a matter of fact, we just got to call Doreen Joe Mali interview. Um, we're we're on pace to to do a little bit more bucktail work um so that being said i prefer to tie with synthetics so i enjoy that um i like working with bucktails like working with them making them look nice making them look presentable
2: and letting, My flies appreciate that. And letting
0: other, <laughs> no, I don't. I like. I
3: like. I like bucktail.
0: And letting I'll other people bucktail, make beautiful flies with that
3: bucktail. Um, hollow flies are the shit. They're not the shit. Bulkheads are the shit. Oh, I love them all of it. Oh, I love it, dude. I Jay, love
0: it, dude. Jay I, had I, a bulkhead. Like red red rocket. Rock Jay had a hollow fly in his, uh, in his rod rack the other day. Like, Why don't you like hollow flies? I took it out. I stood it on the back of the fly. I said, this looks like the fucking, the this, Great Pyramid of Egypt. Oh, Jesus There's no Christ. taper to this fly.
1: It would have tapered
0: <laughs> as soon as you threw it
3: in the water. It had it had been in the fucking, the dryer, and it rode all the way there in, in the rod rack.
0: Yeah, but you still have to make a tail look a little bit longer than
3: the rest of the body. Dude, it would have been fine. You're wrong. It looked fine. I'm not wrong. i swim it. It caught fucking bunches of fish the week before. What are you talking about? I, I, the I would
0: never throw it. I would never, ever let that touch the fucking tippet on my fly Well, rod. that should be because you don't <laughs> like hollow flies.
3: <clears throat>
0: it's all in preference. It's all in preference. Yeah, it was, like they all work. was yeah, a, just it, it, it. was a
3: fine hollow fly, you
0: I, jackass. It's a fine hollow fly if you were uh, Helen Keller.
1: I, you know what? <laughs> fuck you. You look like you're shit-ass
3: game changers. At the
2: end of the, the day. The codfish a shitty fly will catch fish. Sorry, no, oh, no, absolutely. You're correct on that statement. Your
3: yeah. shitty flies caught little, little tiny fish. My they didn't catch anything like my bucktail game changer that I tied. They caught I mean, bigger. They know. caught
2: bigger fish. Two bigger fish.
3: Right, right, Mark. The bucktail game changer is where it's at. If you're gonna tie mm-hmm. one, you might as well tie a bucktail. bucktail. I love
2: bucktail. obviously that's yeah. all I tie with. I, love I absolutely it. love oh, it's it. It's the best.
3: It breathes in the water. I,
2: I, I like that, but you know what? The other thing I like, I like the essence of it. And I know it's just like weird as it is to say, but you're fly fishing. I like the fact that it's natural materials. And the movement that it makes naturally, which is, and they're tough to tie with. They're inconsistent. Not everything's going to be the same. Oh, just and like it, that, that, that natural mar- or, uh, flashy talking. <laughs> oh, that's the only thing used in there. So you have flash of him, <laughs> yes. But how many saddle feathers? Like, take a double. There's 26 feathers in there. Bucktail is always changing. Wait, wait, you put that many? I, I have a question. I have a question on you material. Put that,
0: you put that many saddle feathers in a double?
2: Mm-hmm. Holy shit. Six out the back. I didn't Next realize Next step's got two. Once you get to the head, there's two. So you got ten out the back. And then...
0: And then whatever's sh- in the front hook. Yep.
2: Oh, yeah. Two on each. Two on each. Guinea. Top. Or no, no. Tw- Eighteen. Eighteen a lot a lot of feathers a yeah. substantial difference from what i said 18 feathers
3: so i have a question uh, i and i i, I love uh, um fox game changers <sighs> nothing moves like a fox game changer so except the crapper game changer no no no, no hold on that's, that's fox true. is way better so where the I like does, where, you're hold on, where the do hell that. does all the fox come from from fox yeah. yes arctic. Arctic, fox. arctic fox yes okay so we don't just we don't just peel enough Arctic fox naturally to get that much or they don't trap it they don't trap enough to to are do you and think there are, fa- are there farms where they no. just have Arctic fox and they just whack them like mink or what do you T- think?
2: Tidal pools.
3: Tidal poles? I really, I mean serious, this is a good I think it's a decent question. I tried I really, finding out where my material was
0: coming from. I really think they do trap enough Arctic fox. Do you? The, those okay. are wild animals. Okay. I think.
3: Okay. I just I I don't know the answer to because this, and I tried Googling it the other day, and they don't give you any answers to that.
0: No, they wouldn't, because uh, it, is this substantially more expensive than than other materials? No.
2: Relatively cheap. It's relatively it's cheap. That's I what I mean. I mean, no, but, you I mean compared say to that, the though. size that yeah, they, they give you. But think about that. You get a two-by-two two pack, they're sure, like four bucks. You get a full tail. I don't know what they run retail, but those are still not sure 20 plus bucks. Yeah.
3: I, I don't know. I just... I'm going to get some Arctic Fox Hill. I just just wonder where it came from, or if if it's like, did they just have farms of them? I would imagine they have farms. I doubt it. Like, dude, people work at mink farms. Do you think there would be a mink farm? Does anybody really think there are mink farms out there when they just, like, in their general mind, the people that don't know anything? There's a mink farm in Greenville.
4: That's what I mean. I'm saying,
3: but people don't think about that. Like, that's, you know what I mean? Like that's why I wondered. Is there an Arctic fox farm where they just breed Arctic foxes for the death of the pelts and you know, serving you know a means? I, I just don't know. And I, I I just wondered. I have no idea. That's why I asked you guys. So I really don't know.
0: I know Temple Dog <clears throat> is a an animal that they do raise. Do you ever hear of Temple Dog? They skin it live. That way it wow. stands straight up.
3: Oh wow. That's so, a little harsh. It's very harsh. Um, I don't know about Arctic fox. Hmm. I I just I did, you know this is a, just a question that popped in my head. I'm like, man, I wonder where it comes from. I'm gonna buy a bunch of it, but <laughs> I need yeah. to tie the, my flies. But regardless of wherever the fuck it comes from, I'm gonna buy it. Um, I'm just wondering.
0: I, kn- I know pheasants and stuff. They get those off game reserves. Like, a, yeah, people go out and shoot pheasants. Sure. And then they let them clean. They let the game reserve clean the pheasants and they hmm. take the skins. You know what I mean?
3: Yeah,
0: but uh, I th- I think Arctic Fox, I would have to think, is a wild trapped resource. I could be wrong. But.
3: Yeah. Hey, if anybody has these I answers, hey, text no. me. M- 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 ins- hit me up on Instagram. No, I would no. love to hear the answer if you, you have one.
0: If anyone has the answers to this, hit us up at our new email address Ooh, at svsfishing.com. At gmail.com.
2: Wow, well, fancy.
1: There you go. That yeah, that would be yeah, awesome. And then check and talk too.
3: about it. We can talk about it on the next <gasps> podcast, and we'll wow. mention, you know, whoever gave us the answer. Definitely be talking about it. Nice. Moving on up. Yeah, moving on up, because we got shirts to sell, bro.
0: I just got to iron them and take some good pictures of them. <laughs> His wife has them. <laughs> hold the fuck on. He'll His him, wife.
2: He'll ship them just in time for Christmas.
3: His wife. <laughs> has to iron them and then he has to take a picture of them. This motherfucker can't use an iron. He has never he the dude, hold on. This guy went from his mama washing his clothes to his wife washing his clothes. This dude never washed a damn thing in his whole fucking life. Actually,
0: there was like a three week period where I lived at Johnny's farm and no, I had to wash it,
3: my no, own clothes. You you, you brought him back here and washed and your mama washed them for you and then you took him like a John's. Don't no. give me that shit. Your mama told me <laughs> No, I brought you them. Big baby. I brought
0: them home from Penn State Baron to be washed.
3: Yeah, I know.
4: Awful. <laughs> yeah, it's a one mom, hour
3: drive. My mom was like 12 years old, like, dude, wash your clothes, bro. <laughs>
4: I'm like, all
3: right, I'm going to wash my clothes. In the house that I live
0: at, I've never started the washing machine. I started a dryer, but not the washing machine. Lord. Lord help you. You know why I started a dryer? Because you found out there was a shut-off out above it? No, because I had... It de- <laughs> took up forever. Because I had deer tails in it.
4: <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, because your wife was about to stick a foot up your ass.
2: Oh, uh, your your old dryer smells like the raunchiest of all meats. <laughs> oh, oh j- hey, hey, Yours hey. is bad, man. Hey, yeah, you know what?
3: Wrong. I gave it to you guys for that purpose. I have another one and another one at home, so
0: we're all good. hey. If anyone is local, I just heard of a job opening. If you're not scared to get your hands dirty, hit me up at svsfishing at gmail.com. And uh, I, I
2: have... need an editor. No, 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 no. <laughs> like, yeah. when, I say, when I say hands... Joe getting, Cerebelli said so. <laughs> That's a good one.
0: <laughs> when I say hands getting dirty, I mean Bloody. So, uh,
4: <laughs>
2: if you're interested, someone's gonna clean bucktails for us. Mm, uh, <laughs> the the step before just us, just to stand
3: there, and drink beers, and tell them I'll do it. That ste- would be awesome.
0: The step before us, the uh, the the butcher is looking for help. Oh, okay. So, if anyone is interested, hit me up, and I will put you in touch with the people that I know. They're uh they're looking for for Mexicans help.
3: Mexicans don't do that.
0: No, no, they have all white people. I'm just
3: kidding. It was a joke. <laughs> Goddamn, it's it a joke, man. No, I'm, I'm telling I you the truth. I understand. <laughs> I'm just—it's a joke. <laughs> it's all white people. <laughs> it's
4: all white people.
0: I'm telling you, I was there. I seen
2: it with my own eyes.
0: I see it all the time. And they have bears in there every <laughs>
3: once in a while too. What?
0: Yeah,
2: Awesome.
4: awesome. <laughs>
3: I'm I'm pumped for hunting, man. I am, I am too. I am as like, well. I I wanna I wanna I wanna I, wanna, I do. I that's like
2: so to funny, something though, because I go there, like, maybe once a year to get them, and nobody knows me, and I walk in the door, and you will just look at me with this You're look. not the tail guy. I'm like, I'm here for the tails. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's always, like, ten people in there, and y'all just look at me like, who are you? Hey, you're black m- ass! You, yeah, you're <laughs> yeah. tr-
4: Why don't you show <laughs> me sooner? <laughs> Why are
2: you not moving sooner? Yeah, hey, <laughs> black <laughs> ass! I'm not in hunting clothes. I'm sitting there in work clothes. and like, what are you doing here? I'm sorry,
0: yeah.
3: I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I was looking for a song. <laughs> no, no, I, 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 <laughs> I, I just thought I had to pee really bad. That was it. That was the only thought in my head, I'm sorry. Go pee. I, well, I was about to. Go ahead, you're loud. I know, but that was the only thought in my head while the silence was going on. Mm-hmm. Okay. Gotcha.
2: Well, good talk.
0: But, yeah, I think it's getting ready to be Bucktail season.
2: Soon, oh, man. Oh yeah. Yes, or what? Less than a month. When's I don't know what season. Jace isn't here. So late, late uh, September, usually. Late September. Um, we'll, we'll get our nice see, junk tails that are just absolute crap. Hunting season starts two September first, though, right? Goose and
0: dove start September first. Okay. Other than that, um, they slowly roll themselves out as it goes. Um, last week we had de- we did a lot of talking. I'm going to Maryland. In uh, in October. Did we talk about that?
2: I don't think Is so. Is this
3: after our friend
0: comes in? After our friend comes in. I'm going October. He's
2: not going to be home Woo! when the friend comes in.
3: Well, he, he'll he be he'll be around. I'll
2: Thursday, be there Thursday. Yeah.
3: He'll be living here. I mean, Jesus. Or no, he'll actually, you'll be in West Virginia, won't you? Yeah.
0: No, Virginia. Virginia. But I'll oh. be here
3: Thursday
0: and Friday after work I'm leaving. And I'll be home Sunday to do this podcast.
3: Sweet, He's, he's going to be on the podcast he's here. He's going to be. Saturdays. He's going to be live here in the podcast, right? He's going to be live here in the Lives. podcast. Live, that'd be awesome, Chad Wild. That's going to be. Oh God, I can't wait. But oh. my body. But a few weeks after that, I'm going to Maryland. And you never got to meet him, Mark. Wait till you meet the dude. Like, no, have a oh my god, god, it's it's it's. Man, he gets life. <laughs> like that's one person when I've met him, like. Man, the talks we had, like, he, he really, like, I was like, man, this guy gets it. <laughs> like, he gets it, it dude. Like, it. Yeah. Like, he gets it. He just gets it. And that's, I can tell why Chad and and Jasper, meeting Jasper as well, like, all these guys are such a, you know, there's a close clique that don't, people that don't know each other, are, or don't know each, they know each other, but they don't meet face-to-face very often, but are like a brotherhood. And, you know... Awesome for me to even get the, you know, like we we're kind of like brought in. Everybody knows us now as well, and the Drake family of people that are all just great guys. All the people I've met off there, and and oh gosh, Chad, especially, like man, that that was my favorite beast. Yeah. That forty-six-inch musky could. Be, it was fun. It was fun, but man, like that BCS was so much. It was just so fun because, like, I was meeting somebody new. I wasn't new. I was new into musky fishing. I didn't know my ass from a hole in the ground. None of us did, you know. And teaching Chad Wild to row, you know. Um, yeah, sure.
0: And I just saw it on my Facebook memories today. Four years ago, five years ago, was your bachelor party up there? So that was that was the precursor to us going on to that piece of these trip.
2: If you remember, we'll get to your
1: really? yeah. Maryland trip. Yeah, yeah that's quick. fine.
2: But you, know, you had like asked him about like September and coming up there, and that's one thing like already now like I'm starting to plan for because I'm gonna be on I'm gonna have a ten days straight. Only day I don't plan on fishing is the day after the beast because I'm just gonna give gonna be nine straight days. Yeah, yeah. I'm already planning now. Okay. Chad's coming in here. That starts, because he's going to be with this Chad mm-hmm. for Thursday, and then when he takes off, that's, that's the first day of my vacation. Oh, I mean, remember he's looking at, all right, Tell, food, what do I need to have, toilet paper, everything. I'm just loading the truck, and I'm living out of the truck for nine talk, days. Talk about what you had planned to do with
0: that Chad, uh, the, the one day, well, in, if, all
2: in one day. Yeah, and I know we got two days there for Saturday, Sunday, which... We've got to work with Yeah so, I don't know I, what I know we're I'm doing, sure. doing yet Well and I know one day I w- I'd like to take him on the lake Even if you know I mean again I plan on fishing All day except for When we come back for podcasts So if we fish morning here Afternoon there Fish my boat in the morning Go grab your boat Do a float in the afternoon Whatever But Friday It's going to be just him and I You'll be at work He's gone I was going to try To see if I can get him up Esoc slam We'll start up high Go for the pickerel Maybe get a pike in there Never know Go down in the middle Pick up a pike Go into the afternoon. It's a full moon. Try to get a muskie right around that just afternoon bite. You should. And, People and try to run down there. That's fun creek stomping. It, yeah, and, it's all, and that's kind of what he likes there. So that's why I said at least yeah. get one day, whether it's a whole on day. One, on one road.
1: Yeah, on, on one, one road. And, road. And
2: whether we do a whole day on the boat Saturday or something, and you want to come, we'll just hang, we'll cook yeah, out there. Yeah, sure, we'll Because I'm, it I'm out. loading up food and everything night, for all that. But I know he likes to creek stomping. I'm like, that's perfect for the day there. Let's and you know we could spend easily a whole day doing that and that I, that'd and be I, a blast. I know he assuming to, we have water or it's not blown.
3: I know he said he wanted to talk about going up to camp, but if that doesn't work out, there's yeah. so much local fun water too. Oh. like there's we, so much we could
2: never run him through a quarter of the water in a time he here. Not no, even close. Not at all. No.
3: And whatever he wants to do is his prerogative I, I'm down to just uh, cater. You know. You yeah. need the raft, take the raft, or I will be on the raft, if not, you know wherever we you want to go. I'd love them to do a smallmouth float. You know, It's a good time. He would enjoy that. That's a good float. It's a fun float. It's a, there's a fun float. There's
0: a there's lot a, of fish. There's a lot
2: of small You know mop. what, too, in that time of the year, go on there and bring all the rods. Because yeah. there's a lot of yeah. good musky water, and we sure. have the time. We're not in a hurry. Slow down. That slow water, sit and beat that for muskies. And if you want to fish it for smallies, slow down yeah. and beat that shirt ch- down, timber. Oh, yeah. Like like we just heard last Sunday.
3: Oh, wow. Listen to this little story that we didn't tell anybody about. Go ahead, Chad.
2: So
0: we were talking to a dude that was fishing from the bank. He's like,
3: yeah. two of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's like,
0: yeah. We had caught a couple smallmouth, you know. We had a muskie hit a popper. Yeah, musky hit a popper. Yeah, we had musky hit a popper. Um, probably said, thirty plus. I said, so was it like the normal like musky size, or was it like you know twenty five inch pike size? You know, the normal pike around there they're they're a little bit smaller. He said, no, dude, this was like thirty <laughs> seven. I said, okay, so you had a musky hit a popper. He
4: said,
3: I told you I had a musky hit
0: a <laughs> popper. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah.
3: Oh,
4: Okay, Like, man. these guys
3: actually seem like they knew like, what they were doing, and they were there for a real reason. I said, so you understand what I'm doing? He's like, yeah, I know what you're doing.
0: Like, we're, it was a muskie. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, Mark, we'll tell you off the air where where that was. but
2: Accessible by foot? Yes. Yes. Sweet. <laughs>
0: Definitely accessible by foot. Yeah. Because they, they walked in.
3: Yeah, they walk, They were walking. And they were throwing pop bars. Oh, yeah.
0: So, did you see that uh, Smith Fly published a picture th- of your boat, Jay? Yeah, it's good. It looked,
4: good. It looked with,
2: good with all the rods in there. With
3: a Pop R?
4: <laughs> <laughs> I sure did, man.
3: Hey, 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 hey. I fish with children and my wife that throw all kinds of shit. And you know what? I find all kinds of shit. You know I can get to stuff. We find a lot of
2: gear in the river. Yeah, I get to stuff that
3: that people don't get to, and and when <laughs> I find shit, guess where it gets hooked? It gets hooked where all the other flies are. that ride home, and it never leaves there. And I got a brand new one that Jace was pissed I took, cause he was like, you left it there after you took it, and I'm like, well, just you're gonna give it to me. It, it, no, this is a nice big like, I'm oh, this is a musky Rapala. I'm gonna throw this somewhere. <laughs> my dad's going to somebody's or my wife. I don't give a shit who throws it, but it gotta be thrown. It's brand spanking new. Brand spanking dude. But
0: but if anyone yeah. looks at the Smith Fly picture, yeah, But there's, there's a
3: giant pop bar featured right in the center. Sure, of the but there's like seven hundred f- there's the and there's a murderage minnow in it yeah. I looked at. There's there's all the other <laughs> flies that you know that just sit there and they actually just take the ride a lot of times.
0: No, I know. i I was with you. We we had all fly rods. We didn't have any spinning rods with us. Oh no! But uh, it but was just funny. Yeah. Oh, sure. sure we found. <laughs> I guess I, we, we all
3: found kinds of plugs
2: stuff. on trout floats.
3: Oh yeah, man. We don't mess around when we take all of it. If if, if somebody's got Mark's daughter will fish that shit. I don't care if oh, it's not my wife. Who gives a hell? Somebody's got to... They got to learn somewhere. Your daughter's got to go up soon and throw those whopper ploppers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, dude. I she got to get a musky. It'll change her life.
0: Jace has been on it. He's like, hey, "Macy, you throw those whopper poppers. <laughs> those whopper poppers, <laughs> eh?" <laughs>
2: uh, I need to get her out. It's just, the water going on. The water's cold.
0: getting cooler. You know, it's getting t- to be the time.
3: Lord, if we sit here any longer, I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna get drunk. So, what do you guys think? We ready to wrap her on up?
0: Good shape. We have yeah. we were rolling over two hours. Yeah, sure. Alright guys, so tonight's show brought to us by Predator Flagger. Check them out at PredatorFlagger.com.
2: Yeti, built for the wild.
3: Sims Fishing, get anything you need for your outerwear, innerwear, all the wear at SimsFishing.com.
0: Our guest tonight was Joe Cermelli. Check him out at the Meat Eater. And his new podcast, Bent. Check it out guys.
2: A-Rex Hooks. Findmearxfox.com.
3: Hey, we are coming to you live from the Urban Company or Urban Fly Company Studios. Uh, check. You've never nailed that. Urban Fly Company? Yeah, I nailed it the last time. But hey, <laughs> 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 Mark's got new flies coming out every month. Uh, if you need your river river sink, I like the rivers. The rivers are my type of fly. Uh, but if you're going to be fishing some lakes and you need a little more uh, water pushing, you know, look up his uh, yeah, we'll the That's bigger safe. flies. You know. Hey, UrbanFlyCompany.com.
0: So last time we were out drinking, Jay said the same thing. He's like,
3: I always hit it. I
0: always hit it right on. I'm like, Abby, does he really? Like, <laughs> Fuck no. He never hits it right on.
1: <laughs>
0: so tonight's show is brought to us by Why Not Fishing. Check out their app, The, the Dock. Yeah,
2: Queen City Guy. Check out Ryan Evans up there.